wages over the course of this parliament fares have actually increased three times faster than average wages so you know enough really is enough now an online petition is being launched calling for an investigation into the disappearance and subsequent death of a Biggleswade couple's dog the dog's dismembered body was found close to a footpath in the town after she bolted on Biggleswade common eight weeks earlier owner Ross Scotty says they believe she was taken and killed it's absolutely devastating me and my, me and my partner and also all of our family members because everyone absolutely loved Willow she was such a such a beautiful and loving dog and I think everyone who ever met her would, would agree with that my, my partner's dealing, not dealing with it very well at the moment still but it's been yeah it's absolutely heartbreaking a BBC Newsnight investigation has found that one of the biggest food manufacturers in the country St Albans based Premier Foods is demanding payments from its suppliers if they wish to keep their contracts the company which owns leading brands including Mr Kipling Ambrosia Bisto and Oxo insists it's not breaking any laws parents at a school in Hitchin are angry after the head announced a no touching policy at playtime they say Samuel Lucas school head Tracy Thomas has since emailed them to to try and clarify the situation, reminding them of their rules about rough play. The head teacher announced there was no ball games, no touching games, um, anything like that. Um, they'd be then marched to her office and then their parents would be called. So it's just, it's ridiculous. I just think it's gone mad. It's ridiculous. Members of the band The Script rescued a woman from her car after she crashed on the M40 motorway in Buckinghamshire yesterday morning. Singer Danny O'Donoghue and the group were on their way from London to a gig in Manchester when they saw the car hit the central reservation and spin out of control near Beaconsfield. In sport, Watford travel to Fulham this evening, aiming to end a run of four successive championship defeats, and Milton Keynes-Dons midfielder Carl Baker is the League One Player of the Month for November. The weather, cloudy with some rain this morning, brightening up this afternoon, a maximum temperature 6 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from Nine, the JVS Show with your views, your stories and your consumer problems from 12, Nick Coffer As part of our big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks I'm out of the studio in Bedford at the Christmas Tree Festival from 3, Roberto Peroni I'll round off the week's news and then bring you an hour of the best entertainment from 7, Three Counties Sport with live commentary from the Championship as Watford travel to Fulham Today on BBC Three Counties Radio (laughs) You're not getting away with that Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, isn't it? Betts is back. Good morning. Like Bond, like Bond is back. Betts is back, and yes. she's casting a real spectre. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, and she's um, also Blofeld. Mm. Yeah. I'm... She found the gold finger in her pocket. Oh, flipping heck! All right, mate. I thought I was pushing the boundaries a little what? bit. We put a finger in her pocket. Yeah, we go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, she's certainly got a license to thrill. Uh, I, I have. And she's killed many men. That's true. Catherine, on the and other hand, is has never killed anybody. But she's got not that you've got thing. evidence for anyway. What did you just say? Nothing. It was the name of a James <laughs> Bond film. It's legitimate. But that boy, oh boy, that envelope, that's been posted now. We're in trouble. What's coming up on the show today? I hear you cry. You don't care. I'm going to tell you anyway. Angry commuters, dismembered doggies, and the school that's banned touching. Flipping heck. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You can judge. Oscar Wilde said you can judge a human being by what they used to call tag. I used to call it had. We would play had or he. We play he. It was called he. Off ground he. Or um, um, uh, had or he, we would, we would call it. Catherine, what would you call tag? Tig. Kelly Betts, what would you call tag? Straight up tag. Straight up tag. Yeah, no messing, it was just tag. We, we was had or he in our school. We also had variations on it. Yeah, kiss chase. That wasn't tag. It was very, very much the game. Pop down tag, which was the easiest game ever. What was that? You just had to pop down and no one could get you. Like wow. musical bumps without music. We, did you have to sit on the floor or just crouch? Just crouch. We had um, off-ground here, of course, where I think if you're off-ground, you couldn't be touched. Well, why would you go back on-ground, then? We also had <laughs> Hulk He. Sorry? I was just laughing at my memories. We had um, Hulk He, where if you were tagged, you were, you became the Hulk, which meant you had to move really slowly. Yeah, exactly. That's rubbish. Yeah. You're never going to catch anyone. Um, and we also had Stuck in the Mud. Stuck in the Mud, yeah. yeah we had that. And yeah. you had to cr- someone had to crawl through your legs to yeah, uh, un- untag you. you. Yeah. We don't talk about old games on this show, so you're not um, privy to this conversation. This is strictly, strictly entre nous. Uh, Who wants to play? Star Wars. Oh. Who, that one. No girls allowed. Yeah. In my club. We used to, who wants to play war, no girls allowed? And the other one, which was just violence, was anybody in the way gets a kick up the bum. And the line got bigger and bigger and fewer bums got kicked. We won the war in 1974. That's how bad our education was at our school. <laughs> we thought we'd won the war in 1974. Yeah, and remember what happened in 1976? Punk. Queen pulled down a Nicks. No, she did not do it, did she? She did something disgusting. Did she pull that. down... What did she do? The Queen pulled down a Nicks. And did a anyway, what? Anyway, she did something and then said, yum, yum, it's better than Weetabix. The Queen did that? Was that in the papers? <laughs> Should have been. Well, what do you do when you want to have a poo in an English country garden? Pull up a leaf and wipe your underneath. Well, we used to pull down our pants and suffocate the ants. <laughs> oh, yeah, then we used to do that. That's what we used to do. Just think there's literally nobody listening to this right now. We are wasting pure gold. They'll hear it in the podcast. <laughs> now, usually I don't do this, but, uh... Go ahead on, break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So, baby, give me that, and let me get that. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24. Why they say I'm ready? It's the remix to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body, got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum, I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Bounce, 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 bounce. Come on. Now it's like murder, she rolled Once I get you out them clothes Privacy's on the door But still they can hear you screaming more Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling No more hoping and wishing I'm about to take my key and Stick it in the ignition So give me that Let me get that 
Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on 24 Why they saying they got ready It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like so what I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend Baby I'm about to have me some fun Been in the stretch navigator We got food everywhere As if the party was catered We got fellas to my left Honey's on my right We bring them both together We got juking all night Then after the show It's the after party Then after the party It's the hotel lobby Around about four You gotta clear the lobby Then take it to your room And Can I get a Can I get a Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on Um, he's been commuting for years and had hoped his journey to work might improve once Govia took over the franchise. If you remember, uh, I interviewed the head of Govia uh, uh, a while ago, and I think about 30 seconds of that was actually broadcast. But he, he, James is telling us it's not actually quite worked out like that. All this on the day that they're set to announce next year's fare increase. It's looking as if it could go up by 2.5%. Well, James joins us now. Good morning, James. Good morning. Thank you for uh, for getting in touch with us. Tell us w- what the problem is, why you did get in touch. Um, so, as you say, Govia took over what, uh, back in September, and everything was sort of remained sort of similar to the first couple of connects for the first, I guess, um, so, you know, September, October, nothing much changed. And then all of a sudden, so November comes around, and the last four or five weeks, um, there's been a massive uh, degradation in the service, from what I can see. Um, and there's been a sort of, you know, a number of things. So, uh, in terms of, like, delayed trains, that seems to have increased all of a sudden. I mean, you know, there was always delayed trains with First Capital Connect. But... Well, First Capital Connect had a pretty poor record, didn't they? And we were all yeah. kind of hoping that Govia would, would uh, manage to turn that around. But there are more more late trains, are there? All of a sudden, yeah. And it, like I said, it's been like the last four or five weeks um, that's happened. And um, so that's one, that's one aspect. And then the other thing is um, we've seen... Um, there's been an increase in the number of services that have been cancelled, and uh, the usual sort of um, uh, explanation for this is staff shortages, that there seems to be short of drivers, um, so that obviously doesn't help. Um, and the other thing that seems to be happening is we're getting a lot more sort of short formation trains coming in, 
So where they normally deliver uh, eight carriages, um, they're bringing in with four, or maybe, you know, where they normally deliver 12 carriages, it's coming in with eight. And on a line where you've already got capacity issues, uh, uh, that's not particularly helpful either. Kath, can we find out the name of the gentleman I spoke to, the head of the head of Govia? Because one of the things he said was, uh, and obviously these things take time, but he said there would be more capacity on the trains, there would be more trains, and, and, and they would be more regular, which is the exact opposite of what... Um, what James is saying. Have you spoken to, to Govia, James? Uh, I haven't. Well, other than through their um, uh, through tweeting. Um, and their staff, you know, they come back with a very generic response of, uh, which I guess is what they, uh, is all they can really say is, that, you know, that they're working to improve and that new trains are coming. Um, but my issue really is that uh, the, the service that they were delivering, you know, back when they took over the franchise, uh, sort of disappeared. Um, and I don't see why the service suddenly degrade. Um, they should keep it going as it was, and then obviously look to improve it. And we haven't seen that in the last four or five weeks. I'm trying to think from their point of view, and I don't know how these things work, but 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 maybe, and, and perhaps there are some train experts out there that could tell me, maybe to improve the service, they kind of. Oh, this sounds silly. But maybe they have to kind of make it a bit work. You know, they have to take some things away before they can add extra bits and pieces. Well, my view as a commuter is that they should at least be delivering... You know, sure, there's, there's been capacity issues for years on, on Thameslink, and, you know, I think anyone would accept that. I don't think there's much excuse for, you know, for reducing the number of carriages available mm. um, and for bringing in trains late. You know, it's what they're paid to do. Um, you know, Thameslink did it to, uh, you know, I, I don't look at Thameslink and think, uh, you know, with racing to glasses and think they were perfect. Um, but, you know, the service was better than what Govey was, was delivering. And I suppose, James, you, you, you've got no choice but to use it. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much a captive market. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing that Govey do do, they do publish their performance reports um, on their website, and uh, the, the, one of the performance reports is a daily one. And if you look on the website for Wednesday, the third of December, um, they haven't put yesterday's up. But this is just an example. They're basically saying um, for for Wednesday, essentially the trains arriving at the destination within five minutes of their scheduled time was uh, actually sixty five percent. Ouch. Um, and the percentage of trains arriving at the destination at their scheduled time was forty two percent. And that's pretty po- uh, pretty appalling. James, I really appreciate you getting in touch with us. Thanks very much. No problem at all. Thank you, James. We'll be speaking to other people who are uh, unhappy with the service. Do you remember, Kelly, when I, we, I, we interviewed this guy, you helped uh, press record and uh, play on the computer for me. Uh, uh, Charles Horton, I think his name was, the Govia gentleman, and um, he, was, uh, he said he'd be more than happy to come on and talk to us and um, discuss stuff. Guessing he's not coming on today. Guess not. Okay, well that's that's fine. If, if you've used the service, has it improved or got like as James has said, got significantly worse? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the speed sensors on the A1 Great North Road, it's moving well at the moment through the roadworks on the Black Cat Roundabout, but that could cause some delays later on because of the roadworks that are in place there. In High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there's some temporary traffic lights in place at the junction for Marlow Road, so that could get very busy too. And just checking the cameras on the motorways, the M40's moving well and the M25's moving very well in both directions between the M40 and the A1M as well. There's no reports of any delays on the train departure boards. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you. 
Thank you, Samantha. It's 6.16. It's Friday, the 5th of December. Uh, in a month, we'll all be miserable again. Isn't that exciting? These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a man was shot in the Marsh Farm area of the town yesterday evening. Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties Radio to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. And an online petition is being launched calling for an investigation into the disappearance and subsequent death of a Biggleswade couple's dog. 08459 455 555. See Three Counties Radio. As we launch the first ever BBC Music Awards. A night of incredible live performances. Including Ed Sheeran, Coldplay, Paloma Faith, Take That and many more. The BBC Music Awards. Watch it live next Thursday night from 8 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Oh, I really, I think it was George Harrison's birthday recently. I really miss George Harrison. So should we play a George Harrison song? Yeah. Okay.
up on shuffle in my car this morning and I thought, oh... I might have to dig out that um, Scorsese documentary about him at the weekend and have some of that. He was always my favourite one. My favourite, favourite Beatle. He wrote that brilliant, moving uh, ballad somewhere, didn't he? 08459 455 555. Now, a Biggleswade couple are urging the police to launch an investigation into the disappearance of their dog. But wait, because it was found and it had been dismembered. Horrible, horrible story. Ross Scotney and Hayley Walsh offered a reward of £1,800 for Willow's safe return after she bolted during a walk in October. Her body was found last week, minus her microchip and some of her feet. Well, Willow's owner, Ross, joins me now on the line. Morning, Ross. Good morning. Now, I'm a pet owner, and I... I, I, This... I mean, I'm a cat person, not a dog person, but this is just the most horrific story. Tell us... Was it you that was out walking Willow? Um, no, so we, we left um, Willow um, with a dog walking company um, who was taking her for a walk around 2 o'clock that afternoon. It was actually the 30th of September, it was the last day of the month. Um, and, yeah, and, and, she, and, she, and she was walking with them um, and something, something frightened her. We don't know, we don't know what yet because it was quite out of character for, for Willow because she was such a, a sort of a calm, sort of placid sort of dog. What kind of dog obedient. was she, Ross? Uh, she was a cockapoo. OK, right, OK, all blimey, yeah. Yeah, which is which is a cock spaniel cross with a poodle. And, yeah. Um, I mean, she was. We, we spent lots of time sort of training there and what have you. So she was very well, very obedient. But something must have spooked her, and she she um, she ran off into the Biggleswade Common, um, sort of basically really never to be seen again. And and it's, which is which is extremely unusual because there's so many dog walkers in that area, and also in, in Biggleswade in general, there's a lot of areas where um, dogs can be can be walked. So. Uh, for her never to be seen again is just absolutely baffling, and and you know the hardest thing to accept for us really. She was found, wasn't she? She was, yeah. She was found sort of um, uh, two months later, um, which was the 27th of November. She was found. Her body was found. Who found um, her? Um, it was another another lady um, in, in Bill's Wade who's, who walks dogs as well. Um, she, was, she, was, she was a dog walker and she came across the body and um, sort of got in touch with us. Through how, our, sorry, how did she know it was yours? Was there a collar or something? Um, no, she's basically she just sort of put, put two and two together right. that she's come across a, a corpse in the area, and um, she sort of got in touch with us with some pictures, and, and me and my partner were trying every you know every possibility to make it not Willow, but unfortunately, it looked too much like her, and and, you know, and, it was, and we sort of had to, had to look, look into it really. And what condition was Willow found in? Um, the, the word corpse probably best describes it. There wasn't there wasn't sort of a great deal of her left really. There was um, her, her face probably had more sort of. Um, skin and fur on it but uh, her body was sort of just sort of bones really and um, with a bit of sort of fur stuck to it every now and again it wasn't very wasn't very nice to look at um and uh, uh, i'm really sorry to say that and this is horrible if you've got kids you might want to go and uh, go and brush their teeth or something she'd been dismembered um basically what, what was found in the same area where she was found was um a, a carrier bag it was actually a, a big boots carrier bag like the one you sort of get around sort of christmas time um and it, it within the in the bag um there were some fine sort of blondy colored hairs which matches sort of her her color um and and very close to the bag one of her feet was found um so so it's all, all points sort of towards her being carried and put there um and potentially you know the, a, a foot coming off whilst while she was being sort of laid down on the ground where we where we found her and no microchip as well no there was no microchip found on there her collar and tag obviously wasn't there either um which i mean Yes, it could have possibly sort of. She could have possibly slipped it, but I think that's a very small possibility because I mean, I mean, the vets seem to seem to believe that she 
she would have probably passed away in within sort of a week or two of going missing because of the state of the body that was found. So the, the evidence. Ross would seem to point to the fact that this wasn't attacked by another animal. That, that this someone did it. A person did this deliberately. Yeah, we we, we think we think that's that's the case. I mean, as, as sad as it is, we think that's the case. Um, I mean, the vet the vets the vets sort of um, done like a sort of a small sort of post mortem on her, and um, there wasn't any you know sort of um, skeletal trauma or whatever. So there was no. It didn't look like she'd been you know sort of been um, you know beaten or anything like that. As, as sad as it sounds as well, but. Um, yeah, so so we think, and and the area she was found as well. There's there's absolutely no way that she wouldn't have been found before if she was there because when we were when we were um, looking at the body, there was two or three dog walkers within a small space of time walking past. And um, later on that day, there was a man that, um, who walked his sort of working type. I think they worked up spaniels or labradors. So again, very busy yeah. tracking tracking type dogs. And they said that there's no way that body was there. They would have found it because they walked there twice a day. And the police aren't interested. What have they the, said when you've gone to them? We, we've contacted the police a few times, um, email, um, we've also contacted them on the phone, we've also got a company called um, um, Recovery, uh, sorry, I can't remember the name of the company, Health passes me, but we've got a company that looks, that's looking into the you know, the case for us, yeah. she's been in contact with um, um, the police as well, and I mean the most I've had out of the police is, is a um, lost property number, which I find a bit insulting really. Um, well, if, oh, if, so if, if this has been done by a person, a nut job out there, then, you know, if a dog runs off and it gets mauled to death by another dog, um, OK, that's something. But if there is someone who's actually consciously done this, then it, it, surely it behoves the police to get involved. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, this is why the petition has now taken place, because, I mean, we've, we've got quite a, a big following now on um, on Facebook. We've got sort of over 15,000 people following us. Blimey. Getting involved with trying to help us find her and at a time, and also now trying to, you know, bring justice and... And we signed the, we started the petition up now. It's been going probably 24 hours, and there's already I think about five, five, six thousand people that have signed it. Um, but we're just we're just urging them to look into it really because it's it's not just the fact that now we want justice for for Willow. We also don't want this happening again because yeah. you know people it is it is becoming apparent that you know dogs are being stolen and and there are some disgusting people out there that are doing this. And Ross, just tell us just tell us uh, well, well, first of all tell us where we can people can sign the petition if they want to. Where can they find that? Uh, well, Willow's Facebook page um, is called Find Willow by Cockapoo. Um, and if you go on there, there's links links to the petition, um, which, which, you can all, which you can all sign and sign up to. And just tell us ex- as best as you can where Willow was found, just, just in case it kind of rings a bell with somebody. Um, she was found uh, just off of a, a, a new estate in Biggleswade, near Biggleswade Hospital, called um, Torquay Close. Right. Um, there's, there's a public footpath there, and she was found about 10 metres off that public um, footpath. Uh, which... And when was she found? Uh, 27th of November. And there was a there was a big boots bag nearby. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so there was a, it was a bag that was blown blown sort of the side of a hedge and, and was in mm. there sort of. You never know. It might it might trigger someone's. Mouth. I'm I'm so sorry, Ross. This is just such a horrific story. I, I really appreciate you coming on and let's let's keep our fingers crossed that there's some progress with this. Yeah, no, thank you for your, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Ross, keep in touch and let us know how it goes, won't you? Yeah, thank you. Ian. Thank, thank you, you very much. Isn't horrible? I know. The thing is, well, the. Uh, uh, you know, I'd say I mean, people won't understand unless they're a pet owner that they are an integral, they're a part of your family, you know, and then to find they go missing and, you know, they die of natural causes or attacked by another animal. That's terrible. But to think that there's potentially some nutter out there that's, that's done that for, I don't know, kicks? For whatever. Oh dear. 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Hartford on North Road, there are some temporary traffic lights just after Bramfield Road. That's not causing any problems at the moment, though. And in Clapham on the A6 Paula Radcliffe Way, there's a lane closed for roadworks just after the junction for Clapham Road, so that could cause some delays to Jenny today as well. Checking up on the cameras on the motorways, the M1 is moving fine at the moment in both directions between Milton Keynes and the M25. And there's no reports of any problems on the M25 at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. I had the music too loud for you there. It was very loud. I know. Yeah. You did a great job. I wasn't paying attention. Well, well, thanks for turning it down at the end. Well, I did right at the very end, so we got your name, so we know who it was that we couldn't hear. The problem <laughs> is, um, I haven't got any deodorant. Okay. And I just got a whiff of my right pit, and already, I mean, I had a shower this morning, already I'm a bit smelly. So I was asking my team if they had any deodorant or antiperspirant. They don't. And forgot to turn the music down. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're not going to forget that, are you? I would post you some, if I could. Why can't you? It would take till tomorrow to get there. You could still post it, though, mate. Well, oh. okay. Flipping it. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a man was shot outside a supermarket in the Marsh Farm area of the town yesterday evening. The man in his 20s was taken to hospital with minor injuries after what's been described as a targeted attack in Axe Close at about 6.15. Details of the latest rail fare rise will be announced this morning after the government capped the increase at the rate of inflation. Meanwhile, Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. And a couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog. They've launched an online petition after the pet's dismembered body was found in the town. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford travel to Fulham this evening, aiming to end a, f- a run of four successive championship defeats. His manager Slavisa Jukanovic. Difficult situation for all the team. Uh... If you lose four games, uh, it's very clear, uh, clear situation for us. I don't expect it's my first experience in my in my life, but uh, I am here for uh, for working and for, for trying to improve. And you can hear full commentary on Fulham versus Watford in tonight's Three Counties Sport from seven. Milton Keynes, Dons and Luton are in FA Cup second round action tomorrow. The Dons host Chesterfield with midfielder Carl Baker announced this morning as the League One Player of the Month for November. Luton make the trip to fellow League Two side Berry. Centre-half Luke Wilkinson is back from suspension, but the Hatters are without a number of injured players, including last weekend's goal scorers Paul Benson and Sean Wally. Here's boss John Still on Benson's leg break. If all went well with him, I think we're looking at six weeks so it's disappointing because it attacking wise it, it has been you know a, a difficult week if I'm being honest mm. And Wickham host AFC Wimbledon in the Cup on Sunday. And in snooker, Ronnie O'Sullivan compiled a maximum 147 break as he reached the quarterfinals at the UK Championships in York. I was shaking like leaves there. That blue I was just about went in and the pink I was shaking and I hit it good and then the black, you know, I kind of celebrated before the black because I thought, you know, I can't really miss that. And then I thought, oh, well, Ken Doherty missed one once and I thought it don't make yourself look stupid. So, you know, but I was just pumped up, you know, and the adrenaline is flowing. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
08459 oh, five, five, double, five. Here's their monkeys, they're crazy. An 80s. Hey, I want a spitting image doll of Mickey Dolenz. I say one. I bought a spitting image doll of Mickey Dolenz of the monkeys. My wife's going to kill me.
Is it? I don't think you smell that bad yet. I mean, you will, but... Wipe the sweat. Put your, t- put your hand up there and wipe... Oh, no, I'm not touching it. Do you want to smell my fingers? No. Kels, do you want to smell my fingers? Sure. OK. I'll get Kath to bring them in. Morning, Catherine. Oh, hi. Well, the sun hates Russell Brand. Does it? 68% say he's a hypocrite. 64% say he's not funny. The nation speaks. What, the nation or sun readers? You've been reading the sun. I don't quite... The unmasking of Citizen Brand. Thinking about Russell Brand as a comedian, is he funny or not? 64% not funny. 15% not sure. 21% funny. That's quite good odds. If 21% of the public think you're funny, that'll do. I don't think you ever get uh, 99% of the public thinking you're funny, do you? Unless you're only fools and horses. Or and Michael I'm the McIntyre. 1%. Michael McIntyre. Is Russell Brand hypocritical for campaigning against companies that avoid paying UK taxes while renting his flat from a company registered in the British Virgin, Oils, uh, Virgin Isles? The answer to that is no. The factual answer to that is no, he's not. If you're going by definitions. These are going by opinions. 68% say hypocritical, 13% say don't know, 19% say not hypocritical. I'd be interested in knowing what the question was. I just read it to you, mate. Do it again. Flipping heck! Do I just read it to her, Kels. You did, I heard yeah, you. Yeah, but you do it too fast. Go on. Is Russell Brand... I'm an award-winning broadcaster. OK, well, broadcast to me. I was on Radio 4 last night. I heard it. Did you hear me on Radio 4 last night, Kels? Yes. What was I talking about? Uh, you were talking about the monkeys. Right. Kung Fu. Right. I saw you miming Kung Fu. How she thought that you doing Kung Fu was... Uh, the I was on Radio 4 last night and I was, I, I'm going to swear, I was flipping good. You were good. Yeah. It was like you weren't you. I was doing my posh voice. I noticed. Or as I like to call it, my real voice. Uh, Is Russell Brand hypocritical for campaigning against companies that avoid paying UK taxes while renting his flat from a company registered in the British Virgin Isles? That is a leading question. Thank you, sir. And long. And at the end of it, you just want it to be over. Stop! Priest tells kiddies... Oh, why would a, why would a priest lie? lie? Priest tells kiddies Santa doesn't exist. Why would he lie? Why would he lie? Why would he lie? Why would he lie? A priest has been accused of ruining Christmas for a group of primary school kids telling them there is no Santa Claus. That's a lie, Kelly, all right? Why would he lie? Thank you. Father Dennis Higgins told the unsuspecting seven- and eight-year-olds that Santa did not exist while giving a mass at school. Now furious parents have demanded an apology from the priest who is in his 80s. One said, To try and take away the magic of Christmas is just plain mean. Oh, dear. Father Higgins refused to comment on the incident. Although both schools have apologised. Oh, dear, oh, dear. He's oh getting cold for Christmas. Yeah, uh, isn't he? Father s- Christmas won't be giving him anything apart from a new Bible. A school that banned Red Bull and other energy drinks has seen the number of pupils being given detentions plunge by a third. Slipping heck. It's the latest piece of evidence that the drinks can cause poor behaviour in the classroom. Staff said uh, standards were transformed in just two terms. Drinks such as Monster, Red Bull and <laughs> Relentless. I'm not going to say the other one that P- you... Pussy? Yeah. Are kids, are kids allowed pussy in school these days? Not in this school. Good. Combined so much sugar and caffeine that the government advisers warn they make children hyperactive and difficult There's to There's a control. surprise. Of course they do. They're energy drinks. They make me hyperactive and difficult to control. I can't. I uh, I can't touch pussy, uh, monster, Red Bull, any of those things. I cannot touch them because they drive me nuts. During my oh sorry, <laughs> during my um, wild student days, I once spent an evening um, knocking back vodka and Red Bull. I did that once. Oh my! 
I woke up in the night because my legs were dancing. Yeah. I did that in a nightclub in San Francisco. Wow. And boy, oh boy, was, uh, was it intense. We were off our faces. Partly because of the vodka and Red Bull. Partly because of the music. The music. The beat of the music. And then we were so off our mash. Uh, it was we were quite three quite posh lads in San Francisco, and we'd all we'd all been to um, uh, we, we just discovered River Island, so we were dressed all quite <laughs> you know white middle class and preppy, and we got lost in San Francisco at three o'clock in the morning in quite a rough part of the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. My mate pulled out a map. He pulled out a map, to, like a full old map. And, we, and I'm going, put the map away, man. They have guns in this country. San Francisco's cool, though. Yeah, there's, sis- a, there's a place called Knob Hill. Yeah, I know. My sister used to live uh, in the Presidio. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, it's quite good. Conversation's not about me anymore, so yeah. uh, I've kind of lost... Let me tell you a story about a really rude bus driver in San Francisco. Yeah, go on, then. Halloween, we're dressed up. Spooky. We went to the, um, the gay area called the Casco. Oh, yeah. Castro, sorry. And yeah. um, we had a jolly time. Beautiful. On the way back, we tried to get a bus. Yeah. And, of course, we weren't from, from that town. Yeah. So the bus pulls up, the doors open, and we stand on the step and say, excuse me, does this bus go to the Presidio? And do you know what the bus driver said? Yeah. Just get on the effing bus. In a British accent? No, in a, in a San Francisco accent. But rude! I like San Francisco. <clears throat> it's very hilly. Yes. But I've only been there a, a couple of nights. Did the Bushman get you? If these really are the signs of success, I'm proud to be a failure, says Sarah Vine. There's a man that pretends to be a bush and then jumps out and then asks for money. So a list has been compiled of the 50 things that we need to make us happy. A bush? Number 50 is 2,000 Twitter followers. I've got 41.2 thousand, so I'm really happy. Oh. I've Uh, got 3,000. How many have you got? Well, I only started last year, so I've got like a thousand so you're not and happy. a bit and a bit. No, I'm fine. I don't care. Many gilets. Isn't number 46? Gilets. I've, Body warmers, I've I would got, call I've them. I've got one. I feel a bit sheepish about it. I don't understand. Who's, it's neither one thing nor t'other. Who's written this list? Oh, Wally. <clears throat> Why are you reading the list? Okay. Uh, number 12, a home gym. I start next week, personal trainer. That's not a home gym. Oh, sweet one. Yeah, I'm going to be so buff in the new year. You girls are just going to um, have to... Well, you're going to have to stay in that room, Kath. And Kels, you're going to have to not look at me. Oh, I'm going to okay. be so buff that you're going to think I'm butters. <laughs> I think you're butters anyway, mate. Thank you. No, it's oh, fine. Mate. Thank oh, you. Anytime. Sincerely, thank you. That from, For me, that is a very, <laughs> very kind thing for you <laughs> to say. Man. Back to you. Um... Shopping trips abroad, a nanny. What? And number one thing to make you happy is and successful is a holiday home. No. Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. wrong. I looked into getting a holiday home, but what then for? I... Why do you want to go to the same place what, every what, year? What for? What for? For holidays. Well, for know, holiday abroad. Yeah, but you're always going to the same place then, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. It's my place. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah! What do you mean, what for? Get a caravan. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's starting to get a little bit busy now in Brickett Wood on the North Orbital Road. It's looking quite heavy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout on the speed sensors and having a look in Boreham Wood as well on the Barnet Bypass. That's queuing now between the Barnet Bypass and Stirling Corner and the Mill Hill Circus as well looking quite busy. Having a look at the M1, that's not got any problems at the moment and things moving well on the A6 as well. In Bedford on London Road, there's water mains works going on at Vulcan Street though, so that could cause some delays later on. There's no reports of any problems on the trains, but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. That's for engineering works going on until the end of the month. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Was the music level okay there for you, Sammy? It was perfect, thank and you. And is it okay for me to call you Sammy? That's fine, that's what most I know- people call me. Yeah, I, I noticed on Twitter you call yourself Sammy. Shall I call my... I shouldn't call myself Sammy on the travel news, though, should I? No. I? That might sound no. strange. Let's ask ask Cathy. Cathy, should she call herself... Don't call me Cathy. Sorry? Liberties. Sorry, Sammy, it's gone a bit... Can we speak later? <laughs> yes, Thank fine. you. It's gone a bit awkward out here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cathy. Sorry? 6.46, it's Friday the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a man was shot in the Marsh Farm area of the town yesterday evening. Thameslink commuters on the line from uh, Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties Radio to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. And a couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog after Willow's dismembered body was found in the town. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, it's another grey start to the day, I'm afraid. We're then teased by a, a bright interlude before we've got a rain band pushing southeastwards. Now, by the time it gets to us, it's pretty fragmented, so quite showery, drizzly stuff. On higher ground, we may just see the odd snowflake, nothing that's going to settle, though. Once that clears, though, we've then got a much brighter end to the day with the highs of 6 degrees Celsius. Tonight, fairly clear and dry, pretty chilly, with lows down to minus 2 degrees. And tomorrow, quite a bright, sunny winter's day tomorrow. Pretty chilly but quite pleasant all the same. It looks like it's staying dry. Doesn't really cloud over until we approach sunset with highs of 6 degrees again. Sunday though, a really uh, drizzly day. Um, most of the day we're going to see that light rain. Monday's looking drier and crisper but Tuesday becomes cloudy, wet and windy. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... The wickedly funny Anne on, on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> Do you know who the real Anne is? Great guests. Yes, the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things. We're all multifaceted. Jasper Carrot's career spans five decades. And then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly Irishmen and, and, and mother-in-laws. John Cleese is eating his microphone, aren't you, John Cleese? Delicious. Great music. Ow! In fact, I don't even think it had the horn part then. Great conversation. I always have said throughout my career, you know, you get me on board, I'll give you 100%. Have you still got it, Billy Ocean? Well, the audience seems to think I have. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I think I've got this right. I think I've got this right, Just. Mm, Go on. Uh, is that rain? Um, no, I think it's just me moving. Well, could you stop? <laughs> OK, give us a second, You're crackling boss. like an old record. Oh, I love an old record. I think <laughs> Neil Morris... Didn't Neil Morrissey go bankrupt? He invested like a million pounds in a pub. Oh, my... 
that's better. Sorry. He invested a million pounds in a pub mm-hmm. and um, lost all his money. I don't know whether that's true. Well, I, I don't know if it's true or not. Be careful what you say. Well, that's not that's not libelous. Then Bob the Builder round. But well, he's not Bob the Builder anymore. <laughs> well, he knows him. He's a bit of a geezer and he likes a pint. So I would probably say, you know. Maybe it's true. Well, but it's not... Is it, is it libelous to say that someone may have gone bankrupt? Yeah. Is it? Might be. Well, probably get away okay. with it. Is it f- so, first question... Would you go into business with him if you thought he'd gone bankrupt? First question is, is it libelous to say someone might have gone bankrupt? <laughs> Second question, did um, uh, Bob the Builder go bankrupt? <laughs> 08459 I like Neil Morrissey. I met him once. He's a very, very nice gentleman. Mm. I met him when he was having the affair with Amanda Holden. I used to think he was a hot stuff. Yeah, he was a good-looking... Sammy the Shammy, good-looking fella. Mm. Um, who was he in Boone? He was in Boone, wasn't he? Yeah. What was he in Boone? Mm. Hapless. That was it. He was hapless in Boone, wasn't he? Yeah. I liked. I like Boone. Yeah. I like hapless. Um, I love, I, yeah, there's no shame in being a bankrupt. No. I'm not, let's, let me just Google it before we get into any uh, hot, hotter, hotter water. But then again, if you Google it, that could be wrong. No, mate, it's the internet. Well, I suppose so. Always correct. Um, I've got a story in the papers. Do you want me to talk about that while you're typing, or...? Um... Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. What? Neil Morrissey vows to pay creditors after property firm collapses, leaving him two and a half million pounds in debt. That doesn't mean he's bankrupt. The actor who lives in Crouch End, North London, well, don't give his address out, said he lost two and a half million pounds after investing in a string of hotels and, and pubs. Uh, it, oh, just to say, uh, for the record, Neil Morrissey is not bankrupt. Yeah, but some people declare themselves bankrupt. He, for tax he, told, he told. Well, he's not done that. He's not done that. He hmm? told the Back news of the world the he would not file for bankruptcy. There we go. So there glad we go. we've clarified. I'm glad we've we've uh, good stuff. Good, good stuff, Neil. Yeah, good production. Good production values there. Mm. Good presenting skills. Yeah, very good. Well, good. I re- I reined you in. I think good d- d- telephony skills, Kels. Sorry, what? And uh, 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 good um, good speaking skills, deals. What have we got for Justin? Well, we need him to go out to, uh, oh, to yeah. Marsh Farm. Marsh Farm, yes. Another shooting, OK. Yep, we've had a shooting yesterday, six o'clock in the uh, afternoon stroke evening, outside a mini market. Justin. What I would say is this. I've actually been there already this morning. I have spoken to the owner of the shop, and you are going to hear that interview, I believe, after wow. 7.30. Okay. Um, it's, it's like... How can I describe this? Um, in Luton this morning, in that Marsh Farm area, when I got there, uh, the police were there, the area's all cordoned off, uh, and talking to that shopkeeper about what happened at 6 o'clock. Well, we're not talking at 2 o'clock in the morning here. We're talking about 6 o'clock in the evening. What happened outside that shop was like something from an American film. Um, you wow. will hear that interview after 7.30. Of course, we had an incident a couple of days ago in the town centre uh, where men were fighting with knives and belts. Here we have a, another story. Mm. Um, things, unfortunately, are starting to get bad once again here well, in Lucem. Let's not, let's, not, let's not go mad on this one. We'll just take one incident at a time. There's been no link at this point, has there? So we'll no, just... but there has been two stories this week that I've been reporting on, yeah. and it's, it's been a very long time since I've been reporting on bad things in Lucem. Two in a week now. Well, let's, let's see what happens. We'll look forward to listening to that later on. Uh, I feel kind of slightly flippant going from that to this, but also, could you take out Judge to the Streets Bothered by Bond? Mm. There's a big announcement yesterday of the new Bond film, and I'm quite bored by Bond. I think Daniel Craig is... is I think he's soulless. What? No! What are you talking about? I thought the last Bond... It's a man on the bike. 
I thought the last <laughs> Bond film was horrible. No, I think that the, he is truest to the old school who, Bond who that cares? Fleming wrote. Who he's cares the man about who the books? Would, he would be in a brawl with you and use a bottle to kill you. He wouldn't care. He's raw, he's rugged, he's more Bond. He was raw in that one where he got his knackers whipped with a rope. Well, but, yeah. But I thought the last one was... Uh, I, I thought it was joyless. I thought it was soulless. I thought it was ho- horribly offensive to women. I thought it was, thought it was a terrible film. The, I'll the, take it to the streets. I mean, I, I've got to be honest with you, uh, and I'm going to shock you right now, I have not seen one Bond film in full. What? Not one. Not really my bag, because it's not real. I can't yeah, get that. Yeah, it's a that. film, mate. Yeah, I know that, but but I like films that, that are based on things which on. might happen. You like The Inbetweeners. It's not a documentary, you know. <laughs> yeah, but The Inbetweeners, I can relate to that, because that was me when I was at school. James Bond, I can't relate to have James you Bond. you not right, Dealey? I know the Bond film you need to watch because you will flipping love it. Go on. Live and let die. Boom. That is a great film. I might watch it over Christmas. Yeah, that, Live and Bond let film. die. You would like that because it's... It, well, you would like that for many reasons. Okay. I shall watch it over Christmas. Justin, speak to you later. Take care, boss. Ta-ta. Live and let die. Bounce. Boom, 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 boom. Fireworks. Boom, 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 boom. Paul McCartney. Do, do, ba, 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 ba. Live in Hyde Park. Do, do, do. Do, do. McCartney live in Hyde Park with Live and Let Die. You know this is leaking out of your mind, don't you? When you were young and your heart was a broken book. A broken book. There's a little bit reggae in there, a little bit funky. Give us a story, then we'll play um, BBC Introducing Track of the Week, The CC Smugglers and Pouring Rain. A judge has warned elderly motorists to give up driving when they start to pose a danger after a woman of 84 killed Thank another you. motorist in a head-on collision. Thank you. Judge Stephen Holt said families and friends had a responsibility to monitor their elderly relatives' driving skills, especially with numbers in that age group on the increase. Thank you. Trouble is, your family's not going to tell you. Thank you. Haven't I been saying that for ages? And now a judge, a trained legal judge, says the same thing as me, just a man. You and Judge Stephen Holt? I'd Brain twins. Just, just a man. I was on Radio 4 last night on the arts uh, and intellectual programme, and I'm very spiritual, but I'm still, basically, I, I have the physical body of just a man. What's inside is very, very special. Yes, of course it is, but... Introducing! And, and what's on the outside. Oh, thank you so much, mate. As, you, as Kelly said earlier on, I'm butters. You're totally butters. Thank you. That's, that's, that, I'd say that's a great compliment. Thank you. Well done. Thank you, my darling. Uh, who have we got, and why have we got them? You kind of just said it. BBC Introducing tomorrow night, 8pm. Great show. Definitely tune in. Tell your friends. Uh, we pick a track every week. This one is CC Smugglers and it's called Pouring Rain. If I knew then what I know now If I were privy to the truth somehow If I could see how the winds have changed Would I push on in the pouring rain In the pouring rain In the howling winds If you call my name Would I come in? Yeah, I'd tell you no, no, no I wouldn't change a thing
like that. CC Smugglers. I like a bit of banjo. CC no, no. Smugglers pouring rain. You can hear more of that on BBC Inducing tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 no. southbound, it's. No, no, no. I was talking to the team. I forgot to turn my microphone off. Do you know what I was going to say? <laughs> I was um, going to say no. that was actually good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll so carry on, okay. and I'll I'll turn my microphone off, and then I'll say it to them privately. Okay. You've not got much time left, Samantha. You no. shouldn't really be chatting. On the A1 southbound, there's building up between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. Through the roadworks, it's looking quite busy there. And in Mark Kate, the A5 southbound is building up between Lynch Hill and the M1, M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne as well. Having a look at the M25, that's moving well at the moment, but it is very busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout on the A405. And on the trains, London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St. Albans Abbey. That's for the engineering works going on until the end of the month. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you! Just for being there. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about. Have you used uh, the new train line since it's been taken over by Govia? Any good? It's not what we're hearing. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, man injured in Luton shooting. Commuters criticise new Thameslink operators ahead of price rise. And pop band rescue woman from Bucks motorway crash. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a man was shot outside a supermarket in the Marsh Farm area of the town yesterday evening. The man in his 20s was taken to hospital with minor injuries after what's believed to be a shotgun was fired in Axe Close at about 6.15. Bedfordshire police say it's thought two people were involved in what they have described as a targeted attack. They say it is sheer luck the man was not seriously injured. Details of the latest rail fare rise will be announced this morning after the government capped the increase at the rate of inflation. Meanwhile, Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. Commuter James Montgomery told this programme there have been delays, cancellations and fewer carriages. The, the service that we're delivering, you know, back when they took over the franchise, uh, sort of disappeared. Um, and I don't see why the service suddenly degrade. Um, they should keep it going as it was and then obviously look to improve it. And we haven't seen that in the last four or five weeks. A couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog. They've launched an online petition after the dog's dismembered body was found in the town. Owner Ross Scottney says they believe she was taken. We started the petition up now. It's been going probably 24 hours and there's already, I think, about five, five, 6,000 people that have signed it. But we're just, we're just urging them to look into it, really, because it's... It's not just the fact that now we want justice for, for Willow. We also don't want this happening again. You know, people, it is, it is becoming apparent that, you know, dogs are being stolen and, and there are some disgusting people out there that are doing this. A BBC Newsnight investigation has found that one of the biggest food manufacturers in the country, St Albans-based Premier Foods, is demanding payments from its suppliers if they wish to keep their contracts. The company, which owns leading brands including Mr Kipling, Ambrosia, Bisto and Oxo, insists it's not breaking any laws. Parents at a school in Hitchin say they're angry after the head announced a no-touching policy at playtime. They say Samuel Lucas school head, Tracy Thomas, has since emailed them to try and clarify the situation, reminding them of their rules about rough play. The head teacher announced there was no ball games, no touching games, 
um, anything like that, um, they'd be then marched to her office and then their parents would be called. So it's just, it's ridiculous. I just think it's gone mad. It's ridiculous. Members of the band The Script rescued a woman from her car after she crashed on the M40 motorway in Buckinghamshire yesterday morning. Singer Danny O'Donoghue and the group were on their way from London to a gig in Manchester when they saw the car hit the central reservation and spin out of control near Beaconsfield. In sport, Watford travelled to Fulham this evening, aiming to run end a run of four successive championship defeats. And Milton Keynes-Stones midfielder Carl Baker is the League One Player of the Month for November. Former Luton striker Andre Gray, now with Brentford, is the championship player. Player of the month. The weather cloudy with some rain this morning, brightening up this afternoon, a maximum temperature six degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Quite friendly. I mean there's another reason why I probably settled down here because I managed to make friends quite quickly. All this week we're discovering Bedford. We love it. You know, the atmosphere and the people. Telling everyone about where you live. It's somewhere where we made lots of friends and we've come to regard it very much as home. Well, the very best thing obviously is the river because I think it's absolutely gorgeous. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. No touching in schools? Well, guys, come on. Come on, you squares. You can't touch each other when you're playing. How are you supposed to play tag, had, he or it? You can't. No touch tag, are you nuts? I mean, I remember them banning British Bulldog in my school because that used Mm. to get pretty violent. I don't even know what British Bulldog is. Two lines. Yeah. You form a chain. Oh, yeah. And then you call someone over and they have to break the chain by Uh, bursting through it. Yeah. Was that ever actually banned? Yeah, it was in my school. What about roller coasters? Roller coasters? Yeah, when you all hold hands and you whip each other around the playground. A massive long line, and the one on the end gets. Oh off. yeah, that was wicked. That was wicked. That Good game. See the square. The squares won't let the kids play that roller coasters. What what could possibly go wrong there? Why can't you just do good old fashioned runouts? What runouts? What's that? No runouts. So you've got a team. Yeah. Say like Ian, you're a team. Kath, you're a team. There's yeah. three on Ian, three on Kath. Yeah. Um, you have a base, and Ian, your job is to stop Kath and her team from getting to the base. But you, Kath, you have to hide about first and try and sneak to the base before Ian's team tags you. I don't... Oh, I'm gonna, great. Hang, I on, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's just get this out of the way. Beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You might know it as 50-50 in. No, no I don't know it at all. Oh, uh, uh, you guys are old. Is this School for Squares saying we now can't play Space Invaders? What one was that? Where you'd have um, kids lined up against a wall and they had to walk like a space invader. And they had to go like that. And then you would buzz a tennis ball at them and try and hit them. And if they got hit, then they would come and join you. No ball games at this school. Until there was one kid, le- one little space invader. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that. And then you'd, you'd all just be lobbing tennis balls at him. That kid would be me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scott on Twitter can go away. Dissing runouts. Well, runouts doesn't even make sense. Oh, I would brilliant. see you go into the base and I would tag you. Yeah, if you're quick enough. I just hang around the base. No, rules. What? So you can't even play. What's the time, Mr. Wolf? 
Because there's an element of touchy in that, isn't there? Yep, yep, yep. This is, this is, I mean, have we really got the, have we got the right end of the stick here, or perhaps the, the other end that's covered in doodah? You have to touch people, it's just the way of life. Or, all right. Well, I nearly hands. said, I nearly named someone inappropriate there. Don't. No, I did, I stopped myself. Good. Thank goodness, <laughs> otherwise that could have been a whole heap of uh, libel. Although, anyway, um, 08459 455 555. What? Um, touching uh, your classmates, and I don't, come on, let's let's keep this above the belt. Uh, it, it, that's what it's all about. It's just yeah, it's just normal. I used to play with my friend's hair. They make you sit next to each other with your legs crossed, and so you're going to get knees on knees. Literally, no idea what that means, guys. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's how you sat in assembly. I've just had knees on knees displayed to me, and um, gosh. Now, we had a tweet earlier uh, this week for asking us to look into what's happened uh, to the Thameslink line since it was taken over by Govio. James Montgomery from Hemel gave us a whisper. He heard a whisper, so we gave him a shout. And this is what he said back. I haven't got it. Oh. Oh, hang on. Kelly. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um... Anyway, on top of this, the rail fares could be going up by 2.2% as well. Arthur Taylor is chair of Bedford Commuters Association. Morning, Arthur. Morning. Uh, We've had several people saying they're not happy with what's going on. Yeah, the performance of the service operated on the Thameslink is totally unsatisfactory at the moment. There's been too many failures of the rail infrastructure, certainly south of London. There's been too many... uh, Train failures. Uh, the, the trains being late, uh, trains being cancelled, and a reduction in, in rolling stock. It's not what Govia promised, is it, when they took over from First Capital Connect? No, it's not. And uh, we have raised this with them, saying that the performance has got to get a lot better, and they've got to solve this problem with the trains breaking down. So what, what you've, you've met with Govia, and you, you've said this to them. What did they say back? Well, they're, on the infrastructure, they are looking... Uh, into the uh, into the problems with uh, Network Rail, who obviously own the, the rail track and the signals, etc., mm. and come up with a plan to to improve uh, uh, the actual performance of it. So, so, whose fault is this, Arthur? I, I, is it Govia or is it Network Rail? Well, if it's on the infrastructure, it, it's Network Rail that um, are the people that are in charge of the, of looking after and maintaining the track and the signals. Uh, and we know that that's definitely the problem. We've also uh, that, uh, that they've uh, got a shortage of staff as well. Uh, but yeah, we've been told that um, they've got a shortage of, of, of drivers, and they are at the present recruiting and training drivers up. But of course, the problem there is it takes up to a year to train a, dr- a, a driver. But did First Capital Connect have a problem with with driver numbers? They have had in the past, and they themselves have, have, have recruited uh, drivers. If they're cutting down on rolling stock, well, that, that's Govia, isn't it? Well, yes. Uh, I mean, they're not actually cutting down on, on, on rolling stock. There, there are too many faults on the, on, on, the, on the rolling stock, and they're looking into that at the, at the moment. Hopefully, um, there are some new trains coming in uh, beginning uh, later this month, and hopefully the reliability of the, of the service then will improve. Uh, is it usual for the services to go backwards after a new operator comes on board? No, one would expect it to at least initially stay at the same level and then um, one would expect the uh, the service to improve, which, as 
as we say at the moment, uh, it's on the other way. Uh, Arthur, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Arthur Taylor, Chair of Bedford Commuters Association. Love to hear from you if you've uh, used this uh, this train service. If it has got um, worse, in your opinion, 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. We can beat cancer together. We can beat... Catherine, don't worry. We can beat cancer. I'm worried about it. Don't worry about it. We can beat it. The Daily Express says so. Broccoli pill. A broccoli pill. Sorry? A broccoli pill. Well, not broccoli, just a pill. Broccoli pill fights cancer, says Joe Willie. A pill that... We're not... Come on, guys. We're not laughing at people's names. Are we? For goodness sakes. We're, we're, we're better than that. Aren't we, guys? Joe Willie? Come on. Next you'll be um, laughing at the guy on Facebook who, who had a pop at me last night. Jesmond Butty gig. <laughs> no. Come on. Broccoli pill fights cancer. This is front page story. Confuse you this morning, Kath, because it's next to a picture of James Bond, isn't it? Yeah, so I thought it was Barbara Broccoli. I thought she was having some sort of health problem. I thought it was Chubby Broccoli. Could be. No, it's not. He's dead, I think. That was... Apart from the line you did at the end there, that was funny. Should we do that again? It's factual at the end. Uh, don't do the line at the end, because that, that really does take the humour. But listen, <laughs> the, uh, the, the broccoli thing confused you, didn't it? Because uh, it's next to a picture of James Bond. Yeah, so I thought Barbara Broccoli was having some sort of health problem. I thought chubby broccoli. No, you said cubby. It's cubby. No, you got to say cubby. Cubby. I thought it was chubby broccoli. Cubby. No, it's not. What? <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Good oh. Then you... Anyway. A pill that harnesses a chemical in chubby broccoli is to be tested on British cancer patients. Its creators say it could be a game-changer in treatment. Flipping it. I mean, that... Well, it could be. I could make something up that could be. probably won't be. There was an interesting... Um, someone uh, p- posted on Twitter an interesting blog uh, that, that did all the Express's front-page stories about health and about how they were supplied by, like, broccoli manufacturer. You know, they were all supplied by people who had vested interest. Tests have shown that the pill, which costs pennies... It's a broccoli pill. Of course it costs pennies. ...can fight cancer in three ways. By reducing the chance of it striking slowing its growth and halting its spread. Isn't that the same as slowing its growth? Mm. Now, further tests are planned involving 50 breast cancer patients in... Turn to page four for more. Manchester. Dr Stephen Franklin, chief executive of... Oh, here we go. Drug company Evgen, which has created the pill, said... A wealth of academic... Anyway... Etc. Etc. I, I tell you said what, guys. It's proper smart. And t- took us ages. You need to eat five and a half pounds of broccoli every day to get this therapeutic dose. Oh. And also, red wine beats disease. Drinking a glass or two of red wine may be protect. Well, this this sentence. If is, I hope this isn't Joe Willie's writing. Listen to this sentence. Drinking a glass or two of red wine may be protecting themselves against cancer, says research. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? New findings suggest that, in moderate amounts, it destroys the damaged cells that cause the disease. So it's, it's broccoli and wine. Who's coming to my house for a broccoli and wine party? Christmas time. Broccoli, broccoli and wine. wine. Um, but James Bond is also in the newspapers, as there was a big online announcement that he's doing another film. 
And the whole world went, so what? Yes, what's your name? Uh, so what? Who care? Jeff Barr? Me not care. Oh. Um, I find... I liked one of the, the, the... How many has he done? This man, this Craig fella. Daniel Craig, I reckon this is... Uh, so he did... Uh, 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 I reckon this is number three. What were the, what were the others called? First one was called That Bit With A Schmaltzy Bit In Venice. Yep. Which was unnecessary. Yeah. The love bit. I like that film, but the story was unfollowable. Casino Royale. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. In Skyfall. Skyfall. Um, d- d- was oh, Quantum of Solace. That was it. Skyfall I liked. Yeah. Um, Quantum, although I couldn't follow the story. Quantum of Solace I didn't like, and I couldn't follow the story. And I like, But I like the bit where the train went through, the underground went through the underground. So this will be numero cuatro. Okay. All right, man. We know you speak foreign. Uh, but I'm just bored, senseless by uh, Daniel Craig as the Bond you fella. You don't have to watch it. It's an option. Of course I have to watch it. Supporting British cinema. Oh, right, OK. As you know, if you uh, l- listen to me on Radio 4 last night, I'm a big cinema fan. It's very selfless of you. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, wait, four, f- I, sometimes I get invited free to these previews. Oh. Oh, wait, sir? I'll come if you want. No. I'll go instead. No, I, I do get a plus one, but I like to leave the seat next to me empty for more legroom. I don't want to do... Uh, get, what are you putting your legs next to you for? I don't want to get a knee over. Oh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, there's two lanes closed because a car's overturned between Junction 6 for Brickettwood, and that's causing queue well, between Junction 6 for Brickettwood and Junction 6A for the M25. We're just hearing from callers. Nigel and Kev have called up saying that the police are there and it's causing very long queues at the moment. In Markgate on the A5 southbound, it's building up between Lynch Hill and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. And looking at the A1 southbound on the speed sensors, it's looking very busy between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks in place there. On the train snow report, any problems at the moment but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey and that's for engineering works going on until the 28th of December Smart the Breath BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much indeed Seven sixteen. It is Friday, the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a man was shot in the Marsh Farm area of the town yesterday evening. Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. And a couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog after the dog's dismembered body was found in the town. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Well, I think it's a place that has everything. I, I love it. I don't think I'll probably ever move away. Quite friendly. I mean, there's another reason why I've probably settled down here, because I've managed to make friends quite quickly. All this week, we're discovering Bedford. We love it. You know, the atmosphere and the people. Ah, oh, the river, the embankment, uh, the Swan Hotel. The, the town's a great town. The river, obviously the jewel and the crown running it through it. Telling everyone about where you live. It's somewhere where we've made lots of friends and we've come to regard it very much as home. Well, the very best thing, obviously, is the river, because I think it's absolutely gorgeous. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Biggleswade couple are urging the police to launch an investigation into the disappearance of their dog after it was found dead and dismembered. 
Ross Scotney and Hayley Walsh offered a reward of £1,800 for Willow's safe return after she bolted during a walk in September. Her body was found last week, minus her microchip and some of her feet, and some of her fur had been put in a plastic bag. We can speak now to Nick Oakley, who's a spokesperson for Dog Loss, the national database for lost and found dogs. Morning, Nick. Morning, Ian. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about Dog Loss, how it works and what you do. Well, basically, Dog Loss is a a nationwide service that uh, helps owners whose dogs have gone missing or may have been stolen. Um, We've got lots of automated services which get the message out quickly for the owners. And then we've got a network of volunteers on the ground who will help owners um, as much as they can, either practically or with advice. And how successful are you? Do you, do you have a kind of... Do you know you, when the dogs get found, if it's down to you or not? Um, yes. I mean, basically, there's a kind of reporting mechanism, so we, so we know. But sometimes it's a, you know, it's a, a joint effort mm. between us and other people. Sometimes it involves the police. Uh, sometimes, um, you know, it, it involves um, other volunteers or, or, or friends of families and, and things like that. But it, but it does work. If people get in touch with you, there, there, there is a strong chance that you will be able to help them. Yes. I mean, last year we helped uh, the owners of 12,000 uh, dogs, and last year we helped get back nearly 4,000 Oh, of fantastic. Them. We'll, we'll give out details of how people can get in touch with you at the end, so remind me to do that. Uh, this, this story uh, about Paul Willow, um, owned by Ross and Haley, it's very macabre, isn't it? It's, it's really, really horrible, and I feel so much for the owners who worked really, really hard um, to try and get Willow back. Have you heard any, anything like this before? No, I mean, it's, I have to say, it's not unusual for a, for a missing dog to be found deceased, but mm. sometimes it's, it's natural causes or it's a road accident, uh, but it's very, very rare for something as awful as this to happen. Oh, yeah, you can imagine a dog goes off and gets lost in the woods, mm. it, it might mm. starve, or you're right, it might get hit, but for, for, for what appears to be a, a malicious attack by a person... I just can't, as I, you know, I'm not a dog person, I'm a cat person, but as a pet owner, I just can't get my head around why someone would do that. No, it's, it's truly awful. I mean, we're meant to be a nation of pet lovers, and I can't imagine uh, quite what happened here, but fortunately it is rare, but that mm. really doesn't give a lot of, um, you know, consolation to, to, to no. those owners. The police don't want to get involved. That, that, that strikes me as, as slightly odd, to say the least. Well, the, the thing is that um, with dog theft, uh, the police will usually only issue a crime number and do any investigation if it's, there's absolute evidence of there being a crime. Mm. So if there's been a break-in um, into a home or a car or the, the dog has been snatched from an owner. Now, in this particular instance, Willow went missing on a, on a walk, so there was no hard evidence that she was stolen uh, initially but what happens quite often with dog theft is it's theft by finding so a dog has generally gone missing but someone's found the dog uh, and they've kept the dog for themselves or perhaps they've sold it on for money mm. and it's quite likely in this instance that that willow was found um and then something happened to her Nick, uh, if people want to get uh, look on Dog Lost or they've lost a, a pet, how do they get in touch with you? It's www.doglost.co.uk. Thank you very much indeed, Thanks. Nick Oakley from Dog Lost. Just, it's just the oddest thing, you know. I, I mean, the dog was found with his feet chopped off, its microchip taken out. It was all kind of bones, not a lot of fur. What fur there was was in a boots bag. Not in any way suggesting the boots were involved in this. But uh, it, and it just strikes me as odd that the police 
Hey, listen, I know they're um, they're, they're facing cutbacks and stuff, but, but people's way, what, what authority would that come under? That would be central beds. So Bedfordshire police. Mm. Mm. They've not had the best of uh, times recently, have they, in, t- in terms of uh, that report last week? Because you think, you, you know, you, you found a dismembered dog, you would think... You would think that the police would want to get involved. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us uh, a call on that, you're more than welcome to. Let's have a. I saw. A... Oh look, I'm reminded. I saw a very weird thing. I was in uh, that there London last night, and I drew drove. I drove past. Um, what is it? It's like a boutiquey shop. Boutique. So by that I mean a small posh ponzi shop. All right. Um, you often get these. I don't know what. I, I'm guessing it was um, like an underwear. I think it was a perfume shop, but maybe it was an underwear shop. There was a woman, a real live, actual woman, stood in the shop window in her pants. Just stood in the shop window in her pants. That's like, a thing, you know. People do that. It was. They were like old-fashioned pants, like fifties pants. Oh. Uh, oh, so it was tasteful then. Well, I, I mean, I guess so. And she was waving. The woman was walking past with her dog and she waved at the woman. Did that. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really odd thing to see. Well, that's the point. It's a publicity stunt. That's what that is. That's what you witnessed. Mm. But I don't know what... you're doing it. But I don't know what is publicitised. Massive pants. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. What have you seen through windows? Here's something. Page 29 of The Sun, TripAdvisor. Uh, TripAdvisor reviews slate world's must-see destinations. This is always a great one. The, the, the places that you've been to, world-famous uh, uh, resorts and destinations that you've been to that are, are rubbish. Mona Lisa, anybody? Tiny. Oh, it's so tiny. Oh, that's, that's good. That's a print of the Mona Lisa. Where's the real one? Where's the real one? It's that! It's like, it's a little bit, it's about A4, isn't it? I don't think it's even got a good frame, from what I remember. It's, and it's, you know, it's, it's rubbish. It's a rubbish picture, let's be honest. It's just, it's really famous. Um, it's like, um, you know, Mull of Kintyre is a rubbish song. It's just really famous. Mm. Um, it says here, top tourists are nothing to write home about. Top tourist spots are nothing to write home about. I did this ages Eiffel ago. Eiffel Tower. It's got nothing on Blackpool. It's the same. It's, it's got nothing on Blackpool. It's, it's quite grim. Uh, and it's a view. And views are great for three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, look. Oh, look. Oh, look. In the Should we go and get a coffee now? Yeah, but you know, in the olden days when you couldn't go up things as much, yeah. it was good. You can go up but, anything now. But now you can go up all sorts. Um, top t- t- someone, I did this as a phone in ages ago. Rubbish tourist attractions you've been to. I know. I heard it. Oh, it was last week. And a fellow phoned up and said uh, oh, the Grand Canyon was rubbish. It's just a hole in the ground. Uh, just a hole in the ground. I've been up Vesuvius. It's not even a mountain. The Statue of Liberty is rubbish. It's tiny. It's tiny and you can't go up in the crown, so what's the point? They've got one in Paris as well. Well, they gave it to him, didn't they? Yeah. Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal's rubbish. Is it? Yeah, it looks great. But once you get inside, it's like there's nothing there. What we did, though, um, my in-laws went to the Taj Mahal uh, years and years and years ago. And so when me and my wife went, we took the, they took, had a picture of them sat outside the Taj Mahal. We recreated that exact picture. It's on that bench that Diana sat on. Mm-hmm. And we, t- we had the kind of same clothes and stuff and recreated the exact picture. It took us flipping ages to sort it out. They weren't that impressed when we showed it to wow. them. Wow. I hope my boys do the same thing so that then there are three... But the Taj Mahal's grotty. It's in a really grotty part of um, uh, of town, uh, and there's nothing there. I've heard that about the pyramids. Oh yeah, the pyramids look amazing. Then you turn around and you can just see grotty town yep. and bin bags flying through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Great Wall of China. 
Not that great? Uh, I mean, it's a wall and it's in China. We, I went there and it was with my mate and we said to the taxi driver, who <laughs> ripped us off, of course, um, can you take us to like a really obscure... Don't take us to the touristy part. Take us to like a really private part of the Great Wall of China. Uh, and so we did and took us to this tiny little village there, a really small village. And um, we, we, we kind of walked up. We'd been followed by two women trying to sell us some tat. Yeah. But we climbed up onto the Great Wall of China and we looked one way, nothing for miles apart from wall. Looked the other way, nothing apart from... We thought, this is great. This is the stuff the tourists don't get to see, right? And we walked ten yards round a bend and there was uh, a kid playing Nintendo, like with a TV, a bed and a woman with a freezer selling ice creams. Rubbish! We bought ice creams, of course. It was hot, but I mean, Did you ever go on the Nintendo. No, he wouldn't let us. It wasn't. A, it was like it was knockoff Nintendo. Um, it was hooky Nintendo. Uh, the Sydney Opera House Nintendo. better on no. Sorry, nothing. The, the, it says here someone's written about the Sydney Opera House better on TV. Great Wall of Chi- China, Nintendo. waste of money. What? Nothing. No. Uh, and the Eiffel Tower, the awful tower. Nintendo. I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can call it an embedded. Stonehenge is rubbish. It's tiny, isn't it? Just a load of rocks. They're going to build a tunnel underneath Stonehenge. How is that a good idea? How is that a good idea? This is the start of it all going wrong. Stonehenge blew down once, didn't it? Did it? Yeah, this is absolutely true. I, I saw th- it in films. Um, Griswolds did it, didn't they? <laughs> the Griswolds did a domino tuple. <laughs> no, it did. It actually, I'm sure, I'm sure Stonehenge blew down and it's been, it's been reconstructed. I'm sure that happened. Then what's the point? Because isn't the point that they're all old? Once it blew down, they should go, oh, well, that's that done then. Be like, oh, do you remember that? We can build some flats on it now. Stonehenge Towers. Stonehenge Mansions. Don't. Don't. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Places you've been to that were absolutely rubbish. And is anybody anybody excited? Is <laughs> Home Engine is quite good actually. Is anybody excited by the new James Bond film? I I, I mean, it's like oh, okay. What they'll do? What they'll do with the trailer is because they'll they'll show the trailer of it. They'll put the best bits in. This is I've worked out what this is what they do. They put the best bits in the trailer. So you go and see the. It'll be dull. It'll be tedious. There'll be no jokes in it. Roger Moore, all the way. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, it's blocked between Junction 6 for North Watford and 6A for the M25 after an accident. There's an overturned car there and police are on the scene at the moment. We're hearing that it's queuing from Watford at the moment northbound towards the M25. On the M25 clockwise, there's reports that there's a lane blocked between Junction 25 for Enfield and 26 for Waltham Abbey because of a breakdown. And having a look elsewhere, the A1 southbound is looking quite slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks there. And in Mark 8, the A5 southbound is looking quite heavy between Lynch Hill and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. On the trains, there are no reports of any problems at the moment, but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey through the engineering works until the end of the month. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. I've just had the most hippiest text I've, uh, tweet I've ever read from Scott. I've... <laughs> I've played Here Comes the Sun on an acoustic guitar inside Stonehenge as, get this... The sun came up. Do I win five pounds? No, you don't. You don't win anything. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) 
It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a man was shot outside a supermarket in the Marsh Farm area of the town yesterday evening. The man in his 20s was taken to hospital with minor injuries after what police say was a targeted attack in Axe Close at about 6.15. Rail fares will rise by an average of 2.2% from January, with season tickets up 2.5% after the government capped the increase at the rate of inflation. Meanwhile, Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC three counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. And a couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog. They've launched an online petition after the dog's dismembered body was found in the town. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford travel to Fulham this evening, aiming to end a run of four successive championship defeats. His manager, Slavisa Jokanovic. Difficult situation for all the team. Uh, if you lose four games, uh, it's very clear, uh, clear situation for us. I don't expect. It's my first experience in my in my life, but uh, I am here for uh, for working and for, for try improve. And you can hear full commentary on Fulham versus Watford in tonight's Three Counties Sport from seven. Milton Keynes, Dons and Luton are in FA Cup second round action tomorrow. The Dons host Chesterfield with midfielder Carl Baker announced this morning as the League One Player of the Month for November. Former Luton striker Andre Gray now with Brentford is the Championship Player of the Month. Luton make the cup trip to fellow League Two side Berry tomorrow. Centre-half Luke Wilkinson is back from suspension but the Hatters are without a number of injured players including last weekend's goal scorers Paul Benson and Sean Wally. Here's boss John Still on Benson's leg break. If all went well with him, I think we're looking at six weeks. So it's disappointing because it, attacking-wise, it, it has been you know a, a difficult week. If I'm being honest. Mm. And Wickham host AFC Wimbledon in the Cup on Sunday. And in snooker, Ronnie O'Sullivan compiled a maximum 147 break as he reached the quarterfinals at the UK Championships in York. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Guys, 08459 455 555. I tell thee what, I am flipping hungry, man. Hungry. Ever since you broke the seal, Catherine, by bringing um, in pizza Mm -hmm. uh, from your leftover pizza from the night before, we could maybe make that a regular thing, and I'd be happy to chip in for that. Yeah, we could do that. I would be happy to chip in. Although I've got a massive zit on my chin. Ah, I got spots as well now. Who cares? Um, Who cares? It was worth it. It tasted great. Let's make that a regular thing, yeah? And I will... Don't touch it. Can you see it? Yeah, I can. It's massive. It's not even come up properly yet. It's no. Aching Squeeze it. Well, I've been squeezing it. That's the problem. Squeeze it. Oh, touched it. No, never touch a spot. Don't pick it. It'll never heal. Um, but I think I think we can make this a regular... Did you ever... Well, you, you, oh, you weren't in for the pizza, were you, Just? No, I was, but I left it. Why? You know, well, I'll tell you why. Go because on, look at the situation you're in right now, OK? Yeah. You're coming to work this morning, you're starving, hungry, yeah. you are demanding food. I don't want to be in that situation. What? Um, Justin, when yeah. I spoke to you in the kitchen, I said, oh, I'm hungry, and you went, yeah boss, so I'm Argies. Uh, yeah. I was going to go McDonald's on the way, but I didn't. <laughs> but I didn't, exactly. You, I didn't. Hungry, you see, I'm addicted to food, Justin. Oh, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> you see, you see. So you didn't have any of the pizza. What, are you man or mouse? No, I, I'm a man, but you know what? I just think it's it's a dangerous road to go down. If you start no, having pizza no. for breakfast, you're going to want it at least two or three times a week. 
What are you doing this morning? Are you having a growler at the moment? No. Okay. Okay. Mr. Motivator. Mm. <laughs> so are you going to Mackey D's? Um, I, would you like a McDonald's? Is that what you're saying? Other really bad for you food is available. But that is the best. Would you like one? Yeah. Okay, I'll go and get you a McDonald's later on then. It's not a problem. I'll I get one for the whole team. I'll pay. Mm-hmm. But can I pay you next week because I'm a bit short? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. Nice one. All right. Thank you very much, Justin. Uh, we're going to speak to you a little bit later on uh, about James Bond, of course. Are you a fan? You, fa- you don't like Bond, do you? Because no. it's not based on reality. No, I think it's, it's a little bit way out there for me. <laughs> So what was the last film you watched? Um, the last film that I watched, um, it was probably uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, based, I know I know that's going into reality a bit, but it's based on a true story. That's why I like it so much. Okay, that was ages ago that you watched that. Yeah, it was, a long time. So you don't, do you not watch films very often? Well, I might be going to see Paddington Bear this weekend. <laughs> oh, because that's based on a true story, isn't it? <laughs> no, but I think, you know, for me, films, I've got to be able to relate to them somehow. James Bond with all them gadgets. Okay. Boss, I haven't got those gadgets. Hang on a second. Catherine's got, I think Catherine's got a question on the back of what you've just said. Catherine? So, what is it about um, a bear who wears a coat, a hat and no mm. trousers that you find so similar to your life? Well, that's a very good point. Um, I don't like to wear trousers at home. Um, as for his jacket, I think he's a stylish guy. What more can I say? And in many ways, he's uh, almost as hairy as you. In some parts, yeah. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Well, uh, and what was the what was the last book you read, Just? Uh, the British hit singles uh, edition thirty two, I think it was. Yeah, the new oh, one. Yeah, dearie, dearie me. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, police... Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a shooting outside a shop in Marsh Farm yesterday evening. A man in his 20s was the victim of what's being described as a targeted attack on Axe Close just after 6pm. Justin, you've been there for us uh, uh, this morning and you've been speaking to the shop owner, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, when I arrived there this morning, in that there was a, a police presence. Uh, the area was cordoned off and the shop that was shut. Now, the owner of the nicer there doesn't wish to be named, but he did speak to me briefly. And what you're about to hear is is very shocking. He was still, as you can imagine, very shaken after events around six o'clock yesterday evening. Before we went into those details, I asked him about his communication with the police this morning. Here's what happened. I just basically said saying that they can't, uh, we can't open a shop up until they do a forensic, a proper forensic search, and a police team is going to come in and do a proper search on on, on outside the premises, inside the premises, regarding uh, shotgun uh, shotgun pellets. And were you here last night? Uh, I was. Yes. Tell us what happened. That was basically it was just a mayhem. Uh, somebody got somebody got shot outside the shop, and he came running into the shop for a century, and uh, we had to close the shop early, and um, it was just um, a complete a complete mayhem. Where you know it's just. Um, he was, he was quite shot in the arm and he had to go to, he had to, go to hospital and uh, there was a lot of panic going on so we just shut the shop quickly we just shut all the shutters and we just made sure that nobody was allowed to, allowed to come in the shop I presume without being too graphic it's quite early in the morning th- th- there was lots of blood in your shop uh, there, was, there was a bit of blood yeah how upsetting is that for you you're running a business and you're seeing that happen outside your shop and then the person coming into your shop for safety just how upsetting, how shocked are you about this? Yeah, just, I, I presume it's one of these things which, which uh, the local community have to, and, and, the, and the police um, police have to tackle now because, uh, you know, this, uh, the, uh, this, these incidents with regarding gangs are just getting out of hand and we just need to really deal with it, deal with it as soon as possible. 
it just um, it, it had got, had gone quiet for uh, about six, eight months, and now it's sort of um, uh, you know it's, it's come up again. Why would you want to run a shop here? I've been here for thirty years, and uh, I'll continue to be here. I've seen all these um, local youths grow up, but unfortunately, you know, it's jobs, and it's making sure that they, uh, um, you know, they, they they go by the line. You know, they've, they've got no jobs, and, and they're not. Whether they're seeking jobs or whether they're not seeking jobs, we're not really sh- sh- sure. But you know, we need to really do something with you know to make sure that they are in employment. Justin, thank you very much for that. We'll speak a little bit later on, and we'll speak about um, uh, happier things as well. Thank you very much indeed, Justin Dealey. Uh, there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Should you wish to give us a call, a priest tells Kitty Santa doesn't exist. Why would he tell lies? Why would a priest lie? This comes from a priest who's telling people that Jesus does. Uh, just say. Some people don't believe that. A priest has been accused of ruining Christmas for a group of primary school kids, telling them there is no Santa Claus. This is a lie, kids. Of course there's Santa Claus. Of course there is. Although I don't like this Santa Claus thing. I like Father, Father Christmas. Christmas. Uh, but my, even my kids say Santa Claus now, and I don't, um, I don't really approve. Mm-hmm. Father Dennis Higgins, Yabu sucks told the unsuspecting seven- and eight-year-olds that Santa did not exist while giving a mass at school. Why would he lie like that to the children? At Christmas. Now, furious parents have demanded an apology from the priest who is in his 80s. One said, To try and take away the magic of Christmas is just plain mean. There are some adults who will go around um, arguing to their very last breath that Father Christmas doesn't exist. Well, then, who brings the presents? That's what I'd like to say. And you know what? Maybe he doesn't exist for them. You know why? If you don't believe, he's not going to come. Why would he waste his time? Not talking about that story at all, moving on to a completely different story. It is weird and completely unconnected, no connection whatsoever with his father. It is weird, isn't it, that we teach our kids not to lie, and yet as adults, we do sometimes lie to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Do we lie or do we protect them? No, we lie. We actually tell them lies. Mm. We actually tell them lies. We make up things that we know when they find out the truth, they will be so upset. But sometimes destroyed. They sometimes they can't handle the truth, though. I mean, they are wusses. Oh, they're, they're they are really. I nearly said what you call your kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I can't because it's um, it's a it's a category C. Um, but it, I don't. Oh. Referring to them as... Uh, well, no. I mean, I, I do it affectionately. Not in front of them, either. Only behind their backs. You told me yesterday you do it in front of them. No, that was a lie. That what? was a joke. Oh, oh, it was a joke, was it, boss? Yeah, that was a joke made up oh, to make you a, chuckle. Oh, it was a joke, boss. I like it when Kath sounds extra northern. Yeah. It's all the time. No, but sometimes it's extra northern. The name's Bonk. James Bonk. Oh, back to the 70s. These are the Spectre... Because that's the name of the film. Spectracular... Beauties ready to make the new James Bond movie the raunchiest yet. Look at these hot women in their pants. Who's the Bond girl in this one? Uh, Monica Bellucci, Mm -hmm. Leah Seydoux, and Naomi Harris. The makers of the. The makers. Did they ask you? I I never have the time these days for any Bond. No. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Then they've got breakdown on each woman, okay, and and how sexy they've been. Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris, age 38, nationality, British, plays uh, Money Penny. Sexiest role. Romp with Gillian, Gillian Murphy in 2002 film 28 Days Later, Hang above. On. This isn't sexiest role. This is how much you've, you have seen. And had a shower scene with Jamie Foxx in Miami Vice. There we go. 
Léa Sedou. 29. Nationality, French, plays Madeleine Swan. Sexiest role, seven-minute lesbian sex scene in controversial French film Blue is the Warmest Colour in 2013. Right, picture of it. And Monica Bellucci, 50. Nationality, Italian, plays Lucia Schiara. Sexiest role, seduced Robert De Niro and Keanu Reeves on film. No stranger to Brit hunks, romping with Clive Owen in 2007 film Shoot Him Up, above. Romping. Romping and bonking. Romping is such a weird word, isn't it? It involves a bit of jogging, doesn't it, romping? Doesn't it involve a little bit of bounding around? I'm going to be, uh, in that, if it does, I'm going to be romping next week. Tuesday night, yeah, 7 o'clock. my new shoes on. My new shoes on, I'm going to be romping away. I am going to uh, start my uh, fitness regime with a personal trainer, ladies and gentlemen. Kath, do you want to place bets on how long he keeps it up for? <laughs> well, I'm booking ten sessions. I'm paying for ten sessions in advance. Yeah, what, one a week. Mm, what, so, one a week? Yeah. I, I bet he doesn't get to the third... Shut up, man. Of course I will. He'll do ten. I'm and not then talking to you, mate. He'll have, oh. he'll have sprung a leak or yeah. pulled a muscle or something. Yeah. I'm not going to be one of these guys. The mammals. Do you know the mammals? Middle-aged men in lycra. Yeah, yeah. Or, as we call them, doing a scoinsy. <laughs> I miss it, that guy. It's, I, I don't. He'll be back next week, I think. They've taken over the roads and now they're targeting the English language. Mammal, middle-aged men in lycra, is among the latest words and phrases added to the Oxford Dictionary's online database. So not the book one. They go and they, they like audition themselves online. You couldn't be one of those anyway. Why? Because you're not middle-aged. Oh, mate, that's so special. You're past huh? They may take their inspiration from star riders such as Sir Bradley Wiggins, yesterday's hero. Yesterday's hero. Who remembers that guy? I like that guy. That's going to get. This be- breed of British cyclist has been dubbed the weekend warrior and mocked for having all the gear but no idea. Uh, so it, it is that thing, isn't it, of um, uh, blokes... Why do you need to wear Lycra to ride a bike? Why not just wear trousers and Wind bicycle resistance. clips? Wind resistance. But, I mean, they shave their legs as well. Well, it's Boris Johnson riding a bike in Lycra. He's, he does got, he's still a, you know, a lardy. The, wind, the, the Lycra isn't going to give him any extra speed. It's like when I bought those, when you buy new trainers. Oh, I'll be able to run faster in there. You can't run faster in there. It just makes it slightly more comfortable. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. I don't understand why um, uh, it, it, it's become fashionable for me. You get stuck behind a bike. In tra- I had, a, I had a, bike, a bike list hit my car last night. He thumped it. He said I wasn't looking where I was going. Oh, yeah, they do. I, I was looking Is it in ex- London? Yeah. I was, looking exa- I was looking exactly where I was going and I saw him. Oh, oh. They get ag in London. He, I, saw, I saw him. He wasn't wearing fluorescent. It was dark. I saw him and I hesitated to allow him. To, I, I pulled out, saw him because he was, he was like taking up a whole lane. So I hesitated, let him go, let him go round. And then he thumped my car and he was shouting at me. <gasps> so I wound down the window and he said, Hey, look where you are going. Seriously, Kath, shake on it. Five pound. Third session. I I told him to... uh... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound is closed between Junction 6 for North Watford and 6A for the M25. It's after an accident and it's at a standstill on the approach for that. We're hearing that there are queues as far back as Watford and as a result of that it also seems to be looking very busy on the A41 on the speed sensors from Stevenson Way towards Kings Langley. On the M25 clockwise it's reports that there's a lane blocked between Junction 25 for Enfield and 26 for Waltham Abbey because of a breakdown and on the A1M northbound it's looking very busy at the moment on the speed sensors just 
after Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. In Bricketwood, having a look at the A405, it's looking very busy between the M1 Junction 6 uh, for North Watford and the M25 Junction 21A for St Albans as well. No reports of any major problems, though, on the trains at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.46, it's Friday, the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Luton shop owner has described as mayhem the scenes after a man was shot outside his store yesterday evening. Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. And a couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog after the dog's dismembered body was found in in the town. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A bit of a grey start today. We've then got a brighter spell ahead of a rain band that's pushing southeastwards. That's going to be pretty drizzly light stuff, though, when it does get to us. On higher ground, you may get the odd snowflake. Once it passes, though, for some of us, only a lot of cloud around. Um, We've then got a bit of a brighter spell before the sun sets with highs of 6 degrees Celsius. And a fairly clear and dry night tonight with lows of minus 2 degrees. Tomorrow, a very pleasant, sunny, crisp winter's day. Um, Pretty chilly, but uh, not too bad, doesn't really cloud over until we approach sunset with highs of 6 degrees Celsius, but it goes downhill on Sunday when it becomes a bit drizzly again. Monday's looking better, drier and crisper, but uh, wet and windy for Tuesday. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday morning. You can book your place on the show now. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Come on and get some help, get some assistance. Tackling your consumer problems. I couldn't trace and account in any of the names, any of the addresses that were given. For it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense. The JVS Show fights for your rights. He came to me and asked if I could go and have a word with said bank. I had an email from the bank to say that you've been in touch with them and the senior customs relation manager was most apologetic. Thankfully, you managed to get your money back. Yep, but that was due to, obviously, your station itself. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just going through some of uh, your comments on Facebook, and uh, boy, oh boy, some of you guys are rude. I, I miss all these rude comments. Sue Sullivan uh, is having a pop at me, like about three weeks ago, about something. Ah, oh, the internet, the internet, the internet. Who'd have thunk it? Now, parents of children at a school in Hertfordshire are angry after the head announced a no-touching policy in playtime. We've been told some children at the Samuel Lucas School in Hitchin were left confused and upset by Wednesday's announcement. They say the head, Tracy Thomas, has since, email, has since emailed them to try and clarify the situation, reminding them of their rules about rough play. Well, these parents spoke to our reporter, Tony Fisher, outside the school yesterday. Kept in on their, like, on their break, their first break, um, for the majority of it, and the head teacher announced there was no ball games, no touching games... Um, anything like that, um, they'd be then marched to her office and then their parents would be called. So yeah. it's just, it's ridiculous. What, what's, it in, what's it in response to, though? I'm not sure. I'm, I had an email today uh, from the school saying that um, I think some children have been hurt at playtime. But you fall, children fall over. Um, 
So yeah, I don't, I don't know why she's done it, um, but my daughter certainly was not happy yesterday, and she's asked me to find her a new school. She's just said, "What we're we supposed to do? Just sit there." Yeah. You know, it's almost like that. And now, apparently, as well, they've been told they're not allowed to talk in the hallways. They're not allowed to. It's like it's like almost like it's quite militant. Mm. One parent I spoke to suggested it's something to do with bullying, but. Well, I don't think the school here accepts there is a bullying issue, but I don't know if that's their way of dealing with it, but it's, I don't think that's the right approach, mm-hmm. personally. So So when you heard about it, when your daughter came and told you about it, what did I you think? Ph- I phoned the school and asked for um, these new rules in writing, and I was told that um, it's not something the head teacher would have written down and that I was to speak to my teacher's individual, my daughter's individual class teacher. Right. So that's my plan today. I heard some of the children were a bit distraught. She wasn't distraught, she's just not very happy about it. And what do you think? I just think it's gone mad, it's ridiculous. But the rules are made and you've got to obey mine. Yeah, I've had an email from Mrs Thomas since saying um, it's it's okay. I can't remember the exact words of it, Um, but it's not directly. It's okay to hold hands and and play nicely, but not touch in a way that will will hurt another child. No, they said no games are your. It sounded like, you know, games you it, I suppose, and you're pushing or touching in the playground. But, yeah. I mean, what's wrong with a bit of rough and tumble, though? That's all schools. I think they're children, so I think they, should, they kind of need to know the limits, what's safe, what's not. They, they soon learn, learn themselves what, what they can do, what they enjoy yeah. doing, what they don't yeah. enjoy doing. Well, listening to that is Mr Educator and former teacher Graham Lawler. Uh, Graham, what do you make of all this? Well, it's a bit of a, a problem because we don't have the context. We don't really understand why. It's actually, this is a poor communication from school to home. If we knew the reasons why, people in the piece were saying, well, we don't know, but people are upset. Well, quite understandably. So this is a failed communication. How could they communicate better? Well, they need to give a context of why. We have a problem in the sense of, I mean, for instance, yesterday in a school, primary school in Leicestershire, they sent a message home, and it was, there are, we are aware that there are gangs of people going around into uh, shopping centres trying to abduct children. Please take care of your children when you're out. Now, if you just got a message saying, please take care of your children when you're out, parents would be going, well, that's crackers. Of course I'll take care of my kids. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, there are gangs of people, and this is happening in Hull, it's happening in Leicester. There are gangs going around trying to abduct children, according to the press reports and according to the school. That is a good communication. It says, we're caring school, we're telling you. Now, we don't know the context in this school. We don't know why they're doing this. There may be a bullying problem. One of the uh, people in the piece said that this might be their way of acknowledging it. We don't know. And that's the problem. They haven't communicated it well enough. And even the follow-up email has not allayed fears. So if we don't know the reasons why, we don't know the justification why we're really in a bit of a fog. Uh, the fact that some of the children came home confused and distraught shows that this wasn't handled in the best way, was it? Yeah, well, great, great. And it's, but I mean, again, it, it's, uh, you know, I have to say the poor head teacher, she might be pulling the hair out going, for goodness sake, what can I do to stop this if there is bullying, if there are people falling over? And the other thing that's happening in schools, there are parents coming into schools threatening to sue. 
and it, it is an absolute nightmare. I, I've been threatened, oh, dozens of times, I'm going to sue you. And, you know, what happens is teachers then have to make sure they're in a union in order to have some sort of insurance protection because um, there has been at least one case of a parent, and this was uh, in A-level, but a parent actually is launching a, a lawsuit against a school, um, and it's uh, my kid failed his A-levels because you didn't teach properly. Well, actually, your kid failed his A-levels because he's a lazy little tyke. He didn't do any work. <laughs> well, you made me chuckle, Graham. Thank you for that. <laughs> the thing is, the, the, the school, we've got a statement from the school, and they're saying we don't have a rule. We don't, uh, uh, the school does not, sorry, the school doesn't have a rule about children not touching each other in the playground, and we never have. Now, if that's the case, I, which I, 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 I have to believe that's the case, of course, yeah. I, of course kids can touch and play tag and things like that, then the, 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 is this an instance of, of parents kind of whipping up a story where there isn't really one at all? Well, no, I don't think we can blame the parents. I think, again, this is adding to more confusion. Mm. They've said what we haven't got. Well, what have we got? You know, what is the situation in the school? I mean, I'm a little bit concerned. Any school that says there's no bullying problem here actually sends off alarm bells because all schools need to have policies on bullying and any groups of children and indeed any groups of adults come together, there is potential bullying problem. So anybody who dismisses it, oh, it doesn't happen here, you think, hang on, you've really got to look at yourself and have a real good look at what's going on there. But, um, you know, I mean, parents, clearly in the piece, parents, some of the parents are in a fog. We don't understand what's going on. Graham, good to talk to you. Thank you for your time this morning. Mr Educator, former teacher Graham Lawler. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When new adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my own So oh. 
I don't believe that story about the school. I think it's been miscommunication. I think it is miscommunication. Because you can touch in the playground. It's obviously you can't just get, get rough and ready with each other. Although, that would be the thing. Although then you wonder, because then it's the there's no talking in the corridors and all that sort of stuff going on. We don't know that there's no... No, no, no but that's another rumour that's come out. It just makes you wonder about... Well, it does. It, 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 it does. But... We don't know. We, we, we've not got the school on, so we can't ask them. But kids sometimes come home and say ridiculous things. Yeah. They misunderstand. Maybe they were walking the... Stop talking! Yeah. Maybe there was that, and that becomes a there's a no-talking r- rule throughout the entire school. We don't know. It's um, kids saying things to parents, parents getting protective of their kids. That can kind of blow something that's, that's actually... Someone you know got told to be quiet. That then becomes a whole... Chinese whispers. I don't think you can say Chinese whispers yeah, anymore. Yeah, you can. It's a game. Why, why can't they whisper? Why are the Chinese so bad at whispering? What's their oh, beef? Oh, good. I used to change it on purpose. Yeah, I know. Because you, you can hear what they're saying. You just whispered <laughs> it to me. Tony says, why don't the school just say to the kids, no smacking, punching, strangling, hair pulling in the school. <laughs> Contact during play is part of the fun. Ball games are good. Some people are not good leaders. Teachers just say what you mean. I'm not sure I totally buy into this story. Catherine, we'll stop there because we're going to do this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound is closed between Junction 6 for North Watford and 6A for the M25. It's causing long queues at the moment all the way from Watford and that's also having an effect on, in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road. It's looking very slow between the North Watford Junction at the M1 Junction 6 and the Park Street roundabout. It's very busy round there. Elsewhere on the M25 clockwise there's reports of a wheel in the road between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 19 for Watford as well, adding to the usual rush hour traffic. And in Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound it's starting to look very slow on the speed sensors between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. In High Wycombe, having a look at the speed sensors on Amersham Hill, and that's looking quite busy into town and having a look at the trains. There's no reports of any problems at the moment on the departure boards. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Bothered by Bond, anybody? Nah, it's all a bit tired and a bit... And doesn't Daniel Craig look hot in his pants? I mean, look really, really old. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, shop owner describes Luton shooting mayhem, train fares rise as commuters criticise new Thameslink operator and streetlight switch off in Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police in Luton are appealing for witnesses after a man was shot outside a supermarket in the Marsh Farm area of the town yesterday evening. The man in his 20s was taken to hospital with minor injuries after what's believed to be a shotgun was fired in Axe Close at about 6.15. Bedford police say it was a targeted attack. The shop owner, who did not wish to be named, says the wounded man ran into his store. That was basically just a mayhem. Uh, somebody, got, somebody got shot outside the shop and he came running into the shop for a century and uh, we had to close the shop early. And um, it was just um, a, complete, a complete mayhem. Where, you know, it's just, um, he, was, he was quite shot in the arm and he had to go to, to, go to hospital. 
and uh, there was a lot of party going on, so we just shut the shop quickly. We just shut all the shutters and we just made sure that nobody was allowed to come in the shop. Rail fares will rise by an average of 2.2% from January, with season tickets up 2.5% after the government capped the increase at the rate of inflation. Meanwhile, Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. Arthur Taylor is from the Bedford Commuters Group. One would expect it to at least initially stay at the same level and then um, one would expect the, uh, the service to improve which, as as we say at the moment, uh, it's gone the other way. A BBC News investigation has found that one of the biggest food manufacturers in the country is demanding payments from from its suppliers if they want to keep their contracts. St Albans-based Premier Foods, which owns leading brands including Mr Kipling, Ambrosia and Bisto, has insisted it's not breaking any laws. A report out this morning claims Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire are among the worst counties in the country for dangerous unlit roads. The AA says that safety on roads without street lights is significantly worse than on those which are lit. More from Lee Agnew. Both county councils were among the first to turn off street lights in the early hours of the morning to save money. Having analysed official road accident figures, the AA says it's clear that although casualty rates on lit roads are improving, on blacked-out town and city roads they're not getting better, and in fact on 40-mile-per-hour roads they're getting worse, particularly in bad weather. The motoring organisation is now calling on councils to turn lights back on in built-up areas. A couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog. They've launched an online petition after the dog's dismembered body was found in the town. Owner Ross Scotney says they believe she was taken. We started the petition up now. It's been going probably 24 hours and there's already, I think, about five, five, 6,000 people that have signed it. But we're just, we're just urging them to look into it, really, because it's it's not just the fact that now we want justice for, for Willow. We also don't want this happening again. You know, people, it is, it is becoming apparent that, you know, dogs are being stolen and, and there are some disgusting people out there that are doing in sport, Watford travel to Fulham this evening, aiming to end a run of four successive championship defeats. And Milton Keynes Don's midfielder Carl Baker is the League One Player of the Month for November. Former Luton striker Andre Gray, now with Brentford, is the Championship Player of the Month. The weather cloudy with some rain this morning, brightening up this afternoon, a maximum temperature 6 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. Let's see who's behind door number five. Yasmin Khan. My best Christmas memory is the one where we had dinner and we're all sitting around, the whole family, and there was about 30 seconds of silence when no one was arguing. It was rare and it was really peaceful and you could have heard a pin drop and it was lovely. Building up to Christmas with BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Christmas dinner. I'll have some of that. My first Christmas with a turkey. For 27 years. You might want to curb your enthusiasm. Oh, no way. I'm going to have pigs in blankets. That's one meat covered by another meat. Itself. Meaty meat meats. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have all of that shiz. You should get a pig to serve it to you. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing, guys. Here's the secret little uh, trick to make um, your Christmas dinner all the better. Mint sauce. I oh, only no. have mint sauce with lamb. No, you don't. You have mint sauce with roast potatoes, and you let the roast potatoes soak up that sauce. Minty roast potatoes. That's my top Christmas tip. 
Thanks, Heston. No worries. What's on the show this morning, Kath? Disgruntled commuters. Yes. Thanks very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And also bothered by Bond. Is anybody bothered by Bond? It's, it's, it seems such a passe, old-fashioned thing now. I quite like the one Daniel Craig one I've seen, but I don't go out of my way to watch Bond. They sh- I, I um, didn't like um, Dalton. No. Brosnan, I, I, I only saw a Brosnan film recently, Golden. I quite enjoyed that. He's quite, um, he's quite... It's very 90s. Yeah, but he's, he's the closest to your man, uh, Roger Moore. Give more, give more one more, one more crack of the whip. Oh, no. Give him one more no. crack of the whip. No, he's got old man's ears now. Give him another crack of the whip. No. Give him one more crack of the whip. No. Give him, an, give him a crack of the whip. No. One more. No. Why? Old man's ears. Is that a maybe? No. Okay. I think we, that may be a maybe for um, uh, giving Roger Moore another crack of the whip. I don't know. I don't know. Now, commuters on the Thameslink route say the service has gone backwards since it was taken over by operators Govia. They say there are not enough train carriages at peak hours and there are more cancelled services compared to when first Capital Connect ran the line. On top of this, rail fares could be going up by 2.2% today. Roger Perkins is from Thames Link Railway and joins me now. So things seem to be in decline since Govia took over, Roger. Good morning. It hasn't been good enough on Thames Link route and I would like to personally apologise for that quite sincerely. We are determined to make things better. I mean, if you look at it, what we inherited... Punctuality had been declining for a long time, over a period of two years, and it, it does take time to turn that around. But should it be getting worse? Well, it, it's about 20% of the delays are our fault, and we at Govier, at Thames Inc., we have to do better to get that down by having more reliable trains. But there is a lot of signalling faults, track power supply failures. I mean, we had, we had something like seven fatalities in our first few weeks of operation. Um, and... We've got speed restrictions on the line as well, higher up, um, which is, means that the Midland mainline trains are arriving just a few minutes late into Bedford, and that affects us every morning. So what we've done is we've formed an alliance with Network Rail, uh, which looks after signalling and track, to sort of bring us closer together so that we can give our passengers a better service. And, and we are determined to, to make things better, but... You know, it does take time, unfortunately. Why the reduction in the number of carriages at peak times? Well, we haven't reduced the number of carriages at peak times, but what we have at the moment is a lot of our trains going through heavy overhaul and also going through improvements on the older trains to make them accessible for passengers with new accessible toilets. And what it means is that, essentially, we've got... um, say, six trains out at any one time going through this, which means we're very, very tight. And if then a train fails, um, that, you know, we then don't have enough trains. But, for example, this morning, we had two services in the peak that were short-formed, which means running shorter than they should have been. And that's because there was a freight train that sat down at Cricklewood and blocked the route. So, I mean, sometimes the, the things that go wrong are quite, you know, they are, there with our fault, if you want to use the word blame, because it's our train that's broken down. But sometimes there are other things outside our control. But if your trains are breaking down, why, why can't you get trains that don't break down, Roger? You well, know, you, you, yeah. you, it's an important thing to have trains that work, surely. It is. And, you know, we've, we've got actually quite a good record 
in terms of the reliability. It's just that at the moment we don't have the spares if something does happen. I mean, there are 27, 28-year-old trains, a lot of our fleet. When are you going to get and some new ones? Well, we're getting some new ones this month, actually. I mean, we only started the franchise in September, and already we've got 29 brand-new air-conditioned modern trains joining Thameslink route. They're being trialled in passenger service um, this month, probably next week. Um, they're great new trains, and it means that come May, on the Bedford-Brighton services, they'll all be modern Electra-stars, all modern and air-conditioned. Uh, the number of cancelled services, that's due to break- breakdowns as well, is it? Number of cancelled services is would be due to. In fact, we don't tend to cancel a service. We only do that really if we very much have to, and it's about trying to get the service up and running again to inconvenience as few people as possible. Now, a cancelled service, if you're standing at a station, a train may skip a station in order to try and get its slot back into the timetable so oh. it doesn't hold up the others. So what but happens to the passengers on, on, on that station then? They'll then get another train behind it, and we won't cancel two services in a row unless, well, very dire, very dire circumstances. So it's all about getting as many people where they need to as, as, as quickly as possible. But, but people are saying it's, it's worse than the service that was there before, and the service that was there before was pretty poor. It's, it has got worse, and it had been getting worse steadily over a period of about two years. And, I mean, <laughs> uh, we, we have had a lot of issues with regards, for example, we've had trains that have failed, and when they failed, they've done it in the centre of London. And, and, you know, if that happens, it really affects the, affects the service. And also, as I mentioned, there are these speed restrictions higher up the line, beyond Thameslink, which are affecting these Midlands trains as well. So they're sort of what they call presenting themselves in bed for that little bit late, and that holds, that holds us up all the time. But look, you know, these, I'm not here to make excuses, absolutely not. Um, we did the take only, over only in September. We are forming this alliance with Network Rail so that we can work better together to give passengers a better service. We're determined to do that, but it, it, unfortunately it does take time. Well, how long? When, when will they have a better service? When will they have a service that is, uh, uh, is reliable, uh, where the trains stop at all the stations they're meant to stop and the trains will be, will be on time? When, when will that happen? I mean, that does happen. Some, sometimes does, it happens. It, 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 well, it, it does actually happen. We're, in, we're travelling in autumn as well. I mean, it's always a contributing factor, isn't it, with the, with the inevitable leaves on the line and the effect of that. When but, will they have a service we, that you're well, proud we, of? We're getting new trains this month. We're actually giving people brand yeah. new trains. And that, that's not bad, considering we took over only in September. Yeah. Well, when will you have a service that you're proud of? Um, we've got a service, I think, that our staff and the service that they provide, they are proud of it now. Oh. And it, will continue it, to be. But it needs to be better. Even though it's, it's, it's worse than when First Capital Connect ran it, you're proud of that? It was getting worse steadily, period, over, over a long period of time. Yeah. We are, no, genuinely, we are determined to make it better. We, we, it is going to take us some time. But only, I mean, like I said, 20% of what happens is our responsibility. We have to get that right. We have to do that by looking at the, the small things that can have big knock-ons. It means that... If, well, 20% of the delays, you said, are your responsibility. Absolutely. What about the lack of staff? What about the broken uh, stock? What about uh, the, the repairs? What about missing, uh, tr- not stopping at train stops? That's, that's all your responsibility, isn't it? Not stopping at train stops is specifically in order to get the service recovered so that we can give people a better service. That happens across 
across the country. To give some people a better service. No, to give as many people a better service. If you don't do that, the timetable will just be wrong for the rest of the day, and you then have the evening rush hour affected in the same way the morning rush hour Lack of staff? We've got... We don't have a lack of staff. Oh. we, we, We spoke to someone earlier on who said that there were lots of staff off sick and you didn't have enough people to cover that. Are they talking about drivers? Yeah. Ah, well, with drivers, what we have at the moment is a massive training program have the, as a result of Thameslink program. Um, our trains won't be able to stop at London Bridge for three years from December the 20th. So our drivers are going through an intensive program of training in order to, uh, so that they can run the new routes the trains will be taking around London Bridge and should there be any problems to get them into Victoria if there was um, a problem on that route. So there's all that driver training going on. There's also some driver training for the new trains I was just telling you about, bringing them in. So that means, again, on that, we're really, really tight with the number of drivers we have. So if there's any sickness, then we have had occasions of of not enough staff for the trains. But, you know, it's not endemic. Things things are getting worse. When when will passengers start to notice an improvement? We're, We're committed to doing that for New Year. So the New Year. Yeah, Roger. absolutely. Nice to talk Thank to you. you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Roger Perkins from Thameslink Railway. Your thoughts, please. Uh, if you want to give us a call on that, a bit of a fairly robust defence of the uh, the system, I thought, there? I was looking through for the um, for the reports that he said that they do at the end of every day. Obviously, it's not the end of the day, but yeah. um, looking on um, Twitter for um, some of them, f- the one for yesterday, um, it suggests that uh, 66%... Hang on, 855 trains ran, 570 on time, 285 were late, and 34 were cancelled or very late. Okay, well, there you go. I'm so glad I drive. (laughs) So glad I drive. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound is closed between Junction 6 for North Watford and 6A for the M25. Queues at the moment are reaching Junction 5 for Watford and emergency services are on the scene at the moment. In Bricketwood, it's causing it to be slow on the North Orbital Road as well. It's very busy between the M1 Junction 6 at North Watford and the Park Street roundabouts looking very busy around there. On the M25 clockwise, the wheel has been removed from Junction 18 at Chorleywood to the uh, Junction 19 at Watford where that was causing it to be slow. It's moving fine through there at the moment. And the A A1M northbound is looking very heavy just after Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. On the A1 southbound, it's very heavy between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. And into High Wycombe on Amersham Hill, that's looking very slow as well. On the trains that reports of any major problems at the moment, Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 8.16 or thereabouts. It's Friday the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Luton shop owner has described as mayhem the scenes after a man was shot outside his store yesterday evening. Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. The company has apologised. And a couple in Biggleswade want the police to investigate the disappearance and death of their pet dog after the bot dog's dismembered body was found in the town. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, JBS. Morning. What's on your show this morning? Uh, coming up on the big phone in this morning at nine, we're discussing the new Scottish drink driving laws. Oh, yes. And I'm going to be asking, is the Scottish drink driving law common sense 
or an overreaction. Scotland has lowered the drink drive limit to just under a pint of beer or one small glass of wine. The law changed at midnight last night, but for weeks an awareness campaign has urged Scottish people that when it comes to drinking before driving, the best advice is none. Well, from nine this morning, you know, we've been having debates over the years as to whether our drink drive limit should be lowered for years now. And ultimately, I'm not so sure. What's your view on drink driving? Yeah, think? I think it should. should be. Well, it should be lowered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, why, why should people who want to go out have a glass or two of wine mm. over their meal, why should they be penalised? Because some people go out and have a skinful and then get in their car, drive and kill someone. I mean, it's generally not the people who just have a couple of glasses of wine that you cause an accident. The thing, well, you say generally, but if, if, if it is potentially saves anybody or stops an accident, then surely why not? And also, you, so you go out and you don't have a glass of wine for an evening. Oh, well. Oh, well. Really? Don't make that much difference. Well, it does to those of us that like... I mean, if you're going out for a meal, yeah. if you're going out... I mean, what about, for example, if you live in the countryside yeah. and... You, oh, the countryside argument is nonsense. You don't, you don't need to go out and have a glass of wine. But what about supper. if you want to go to the pub yeah. and have a, have a pint or well, two? You don't have to. You, under this law, you wouldn't even be able to drive to your local Good. country pub and Zero have tolerance. a pint. Zero tolerance. But then the pubs will close. The pubs are closing anyway. Get but, a taxi. But be the, taxis, like... the taxis would thrive. We'd be helping local businesses by if we got rid of the drink drive, uh, if we got rid of the drink limit altogether. So Wonderful. You, so you would like to see it completely reduced to what yeah. zero or what they've got in Scotland? Um, I don't. I don't know the statistics. I mean, zero. I guess is my knee-jerk reaction. But I don't quite know how okay. you police that. Well, from nine this morning, we will debate this. I'd like your your reaction to this as well. Do you agree with Ian that the Scottish drink driving law? It is pretty much common sense, or perhaps even uh, even that is too much. Or do you think what we have at the moment is about right? Your view from nine on oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We've got a huge weekend of live football coming up for you here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford fell asleep from the cross, and Donaldson powered the header in. It all starts tonight as we take a trip to West London. And it's Luke Chambers, I think, who's got the touch. Gomez got a hand. The Hornets are away at Fulham, hoping to end the run of four straight defeats. And Cardiff, against the run of play, take the lead. Then tomorrow, attention turns to the FA Cup second round. And that could kill the tie now, and it's scored by the substitute, Green. MK Dons versus Chesterfield, and Luton's trip to Bury. Luton into the second round of the FA Cup, had us for Newport too. Then we'll round off the weekend on Sunday, as Wickham host AFC Wimbledon, aiming for that magical third round tie. A huge weekend of football starts tonight from seven here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine etc 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 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now tomorrow in towns across the three counties, uh, it's, it is being labelled Small Business Saturday as traders try to increase their profile at one of the busiest times of the year. All of these days, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Chinese Tuesday, Small Business Saturday. Uh, but I, I, it's get your hand in your pocket week. Isn't it? But with the growth in online shopping, high street traders need to be more versatile than ever. Ever. In a moment, we'll hear from Ian Cording, who chairs the Federation of Small Businesses, uh, the Bedfordshire branch. But first of all, Justin, you've been speaking to shopkeepers in Hemel Hempstead Old Town. We yeah. Just give us a little recap as to, as to why they may be particularly interested in this. Well, uh, the old 
Old Town, Hewell Hempstead, of course, had uh, the major problems there with the roadworks. Uh, they tried to make it one way, which it is now, uh, and create extra spaces for people to park their vehicles. But, of course, um, they, they overran by months and months. So what happened was people simply avoided the area, and those people that, that had the shops there, uh, they lost thousands of pounds. So tomorrow could be a day for them, hopefully, uh, to make a, a few extra pounds. So I've been back to the Old Town. Got to say, boss, it looks absolutely fantastic. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But, but the big job is to encourage those people to uh, to go back. Um, two stories here, completely different. Up first, it's Michael Porter. He's from Jordan's Antiques in the Old Town. And I put the question to him, has his trade picked up since the roadworks were eventually finished? Definitely not. I mean, you know, I, I, I've, there's been three people in the shop so far saying so I haven't sold a thing. Yesterday, I had 17 people in and I took less than 50 quid. Uh, yeah, it's just absolutely ludicrous. With your business rates, how much longer can you go on? How much longer can you survive here like this? God knows. I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I remain a permanent optimist, but, I, you know, I just can't see anything, anything improving. They've got a girl, um, I forget, I forget, Jackie somebody, um, the old town uh, rejuvenator or something, and she just wanders up and down here periodically with a clipboard grinning at people. No good at all. Small Business Saturday, um, promoting businesses like yourself. Um, that's coming from the Federation of Small Businesses. But what can the council do to send people your way to, to keep these doors open? I really don't know. I, 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 you know I, I'm, the council don't want to do anything. The council could not care less. Well, is anyone having success Ooh. just since the roadworks finished? Well, uh, Ian, it took me a while, but I eventually found a good story in Hemel's Old Town. I put the same question to Fiona Rolls from F&R Fashion. They have indeed. Um, since July, when we had our launch party, I've had personal bests every single month, and that's over a five-year period, so I couldn't be more delighted. I mean, that's incredible, because if you go down the other end, everyone's saying how dreadful it's been. So what makes you and, and your shop here so different? I think simply that I've always been very positive, even during the horrendous times that we mm. had, and I've been positive since, and I've got fantastic customers who still love to come in and shop here. I'm so pleased to hear that, so pleased to hear that. So this weekend is uh, Small Business Saturday, you know all about it. Uh, what's happening here? Um, I haven't actually finally decided. I may do a little discount, but um, I have been promoting it on my um, social media, so I'm hoping that people will support. Certainly last year, lots of people supported independent shops, and I'm hoping the same will be the case. Because we all want to keep our local independent shops. You're doing well, but... What else can be done to, to improve things even more for you? Do you think the council could do more locally? Um, I think they could. I feel quite disheartened that they've spent so much money um, on the place and then just seem to have gone away and forgotten about us. Justin, uh, thank you very much uh, for that. We can speak now to Ian. We'll speak to you about James Bond in a bit, Justin. We can speak now to Ian Cording, who chairs the Federation of Small Businesses Bedfordshire Branch. Small Business Saturday, Ian. What is it, and is it really going to work? Well, good morning to you, Ian. Um, yeah, Small Business Saturday is, is one particular Saturday in the year that's spotlighted. Um, it's supported cross-party uh, by local authorities, by business representation, uh, business representative organisations like the FSB. Um, we have to recognise it is one Saturday, it is one snapshot in the business calendar, um, but it has, these past two years since um, it was introduced in the UK, has... Um, we have evidence to show that it has um, increased the uh, the throughput and, and indeed the turnover of the retail trades in particular. 
Um, what is important to recognise is that um, it is only one Saturday, but we at the FSB, we have an ongoing and continuing um, support uh, profile called Key Trade Local KTL, as we call it, where we um, work up and down the country, um, but I talk specifically about Bedfordshire, where we go out on a, a regular basis throughout the year with local economic development officers from the local authorities, the portfolio holders, and we go out and we meet businesses, both members and non-members, um, and we encourage them to, um, to promote themselves um, and seek the support of their local community because, of course, that is their lifeblood. If these businesses aren't doing brilliant throughout the year, is one day like this really going to make a difference? And doesn't it tell us something about how our shopping habits have changed? We have to recognise that that shopping habits have changed. And what we find from um, certainly our membership is that you cannot just have, say, for example, a retail premises. You've got to have an online exposure as well. But there's an awful lot of people out there, and I'm not being sort of generationist about this. There's an awful lot of people out there. The shopping experience is very much a touchy-feely thing. And this is where the small trade and the small independent really does come into their own. And do you think that people are aware of it, of this being the small business, small shop Saturday? Because I didn't know about it until I saw what you were talking about it. Right. Well, I don't know where you live, Ian, um, or, or, or your operating base as such. I know you've got a Luton number on the radio station here. Um, but there has been an awful lot of promotion. But again, um, where the small businesses need to look to themselves. Well, I'm actually based up in Bedford. Um, and, you know, I know that certainly my local area, maybe it's because of the activity of myself and, and mm. the organisation I represent, um, is out and about there already. Um, I'm certainly down in Luton um, on Saturday. Other colleagues, volunteer colleagues of mine, are out and about around the county um, in, 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 in various venues. So um, there is awareness of it. Um, it may not be totally in the public's face, but it, but it is out there. Ian, nice to talk to you. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Ian Cording, who chairs the Federation of Small Businesses. Um, I'll put it out to you. Did you know it was small business? Saturday. Were you aware of that? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Doesn't matter where I live. Um, I was unaware of it. I've seen one advert on the telly, and it seems to be sponsored by American Express. The act, well, they're quite small business. Actually, I did. I learnt about it because I was listening to Clive Bull on another radio station last night, and he was talking about it. But I, I've not. I, I don't. Mary. Mary. Faded two. Mary. Hello. Hello, Mary. Were you aware it was Small Business Saturday? Never heard of it. Oh. I mean, I wish that, listen, I wish them the very, very best of luck. Part of me thinks uh, we need to accept that the high street's dead, man, and move on. I know, I know. Part of me does kind of think that. And this is, you know, what we're watching is its, its final death throes. But, um, yeah, I, I, 08459 455 505. Very simple, yes or no. Were you aware it was Small Business Saturday on Saturday? Um, please. Mary, what would you like to say? Well, it's just that uh, with the high street in Hemel Hempstead, you can drive up now, the t- up there. It used to be quite busy. You can drive up there or go through there. Yes. You can stop and pop into a shop and get something because there's not another car behind you. Oh. And I've done this frequently now. Oh. 
and the councils uh, threw over a million. Hartford Council had the rest. It all cost over five million and has created three extra parking places. There's a bus stop, isn't there, for a bus that never runs? That's right. And uh, and if you and there's no sign. No. And if you park there, I've seen three people take, uh, being caught there yeah. in the space of about five minutes. Mary, so I'm, I'm slightly confused. Mary. Are you saying that the the um, uh, improvements in Hemel Old Town were a good idea or a waste of money? Waste of money. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four. Five nine four double five five double five. Also, were you aware it was Small Business Saturday? Will it affect the way you shop tomorrow? Will you change your behaviour? Your forego uh, Tesco's or, or um, um, Lidl or um, do you remember Budgins? Yeah. Didn't they fall between the cracks? Will you forego Budgins to go and you know use the the local corner shop or, or would, would anyone do that? I think if you've got your favourite small shops, you've yeah. got your favourite small shops. But for the most of us, it's about time, isn't it? It's interesting. Will you change your behaviour? tomorrow because of Small Business Saturday and were you aware of it? 08459 455 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio Bound. It's closed between junction 6 for North Watford and 6A for the M25. That's causing queues on the M1 northbound from junction 5 for Watford. And that's also causing queues on the North Orbital Road. Uh, northbound, it's very heavy between the M1 junction 6 for North Watford and the Park Street roundabouts. On the A1M northbound, it's looking very heavy just after junction 6 for Welling Garden City on the speed sensors. And in Stevenage on the A602 westbound, it's looking very busy there between the A1M junction 8 for Stevenage and Paynes Park. Having a look at the a one and southbound and it's very heavy around the Black Cat roundabout at the moment through the roadworks in place there and the Bedford Southern Bypass is very very busy between the Marshleys roundabout and the A6 on the train snow major delays at the moment but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey that's for engineering works until the end of the month Samantha Bruff BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds, hearts and bugs This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Luton shop owner has described as mayhem the scenes after a man was shot outside his store yesterday evening. The man in his 20s was taken to hospital with minor injuries after what police say was a targeted attack in Axe Close on Marsh Farm at around 6.15. Thameslink commuters on the line from Bedford into London have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain their service has got worse since new operators Govia took over. The company has apologised. And a report out this morning claims Hertfordshire and Buckingham are among the worst counties in the country for dangerous unlit roads. The AA says that safety on roads without street lights is significantly worse than on those which are lit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford travel to Fulham this evening, aiming to end a run of four successive championship defeats. Here's Hornets manager Slavisa Jokanovic. Our form is not especially very dipping. It's... Uh... Our problem is uh, is bad result. I uh, believe uh, my teammates understand the situation where we are now, and uh, I believe we are ready for uh, for a full on game. And you can hear full commentary on Fulham versus Watford in tonight's Three Counties Sport from seven. Milton Keynes, Dons and Luton are in FA Cup second round action tomorrow. The Dons host Chesterfield with midfielder Carl Baker announced this morning as the League One Player of the Month for November. Former Luton striker Andre Gray now with Brentford is the Championship Player of the Month. Luton make the cup trip to fellow League Two side Berry tomorrow. Centre-half Luke Wilkinson is back from suspension, but the Hatters are without a number of injured players, including last weekend's goal scorers 
Paul Benson and Sean Wally. But boss John Still says rookie strikers Ricky Miller and Charlie Walker are ready to step up. Ricky and Charlie have, have done OK and there was going to come a time when you know, they were going to have to step up to the plate. Well, they've both done particularly well, Charlie um, and Ricky, so possible inclusion of them, them, both of them, one of them on Saturday. And Wickham host AFC Wimbledon in the Cup on Sunday. And in snooker, Ronnie O'Sullivan compiled a maximum 147 break as he reached the quarterfinals at the UK Championships in York. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. sailing ship. There were 40 boys and girls. They would sail their ship around the globe, so they called it the United World. The ship was just three weeks from shore when a hurricane bore it down. The waves were big as mountains. They found they would surely drown. They jumped into the lifeboats A watchful pair of eyes And living in the valley Were people lost in time Ruled over by a tyrant Whose face was in a mask The children must defeat him So they can escape at last From the lost islands The lost islands Nearly there, guys. Nearly there. The end is in sight. Educational. Thank you, Car. You're welcome. I uh, told what a tyrant was. A t- you don't know what a tyrant is? No, I didn't know. That's why I asked. Oh, that's my chest. I my breastplate clicked there. Do it again. I can't. Well, I've, once you've clicked, you've clicked. You can't click again. Uh, Some people might still not know what a tyrant is if Kath would like to. Well, <laughs> everyone knows what a tyrant no. is, you plum. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. If you don't, not everybody knows what everything is. Most people know what that is. Uh. We've got a text or two or three. Ian Lee must go, says Facebook. Fed up with listening to his drivel every morning. Do we really need to listen to him going on and on about willies every morning? Wow, you haven't even mentioned a willie. This is an old one. It's from five months oh, right. ago. This morning takes the biscuit. He continually went on about his two boys weeing on each other and playing with each other's willies. Oh. <laughs> this is supposed to be a local radio station, which should mean talking to people with interesting and important facts about the area. <sighs> local does not mean talking about your children's disgusting habits. It's about time the BBC got rid of him. Why should our money be spent on employing this arrogant idiot? Rang the station this morning and made a formal complaint. Perhaps all you other disgruntled listeners should do the same. It's a pity I have to give one star, as he really doesn't deserve any. <laughs> no, you don't have to write anything. Star, you don't have to listen. Thank you, you Derek. <laughs> You're not fooled. Derek's still listening. Anyway, right, what you got? Derek. I've had many a nice night out, says Anne of Luton, drinking non-alcoholic wine or lager. It tastes just as good and no hangover. And you can also watch your mates make idiots of themselves, which is a bonus. I don't get the listen. Um, uh, you know, if you don't have to have a drink to go out. This is Jonathan's talking about this a bit later on, guys, if you want Sometimes to. I feel drunk on the environment, though. 
before I've even started drinking, I feel so happy to be out with everyone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember going out. I remember going out. Well, I got any taxes? Good. Oh, yeah, uh, we've also got this one. Go on. uh, Catherine, turkey should not be dry, cooked slowly. I knew I was asking for that one. Listen, I ain't cooking the turkey, so this advice is wasted on me, but someone else might be. Three years ago, I cooked the best turkey in the world. How do you know? You didn't eat I it. I said vegetarian. Yeah. That is so selfless. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. I don't mind... I don't mind Spontaneous uh, round of applause. Nope, no one picked you? it up. Oh. I don't mind preparing meat for people. Well, I didn't mind. I, don't, I wouldn't do it now. I eat it. But I did a cracking roast, bacon all over it, things shoved up its jacksy. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Everyone went, this is wonderful. Big old fat turkey. Big old bird. They did it. My wife. <laughs> they said that because they were hoping you might do it again. Did you do it again? Nope. No. Nope. That, that was, was a done. one-off. Unique. Ain't never, ever happening ever again. Uh. Let me tell you that. Uh, Tony's never heard of Small Business Day. He knows nothing. Well, now I know something because he's just told you, but he won't waste well, his time. And when I was shop. mentioning that to, to uh, Ian we had on um, from the Federation of Small Businesses, I wasn't in any way saying it to belittle him or be rude. It was just I, 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 it was something I was unaware of until I was listening to another radio station uh, uh, last night. And I just wonder... Um, if it will have any impact on people's shopping habits. Oh, I wait, saw- 459 four double five five double five. I was going to say, I saw it in the, a couple of the local papers, but it was always as if it was just their area, which I suppose is the way they write. So, you know, Stevenage is doing this, uh, and Bedford is doing that. But I didn't realise it was a nationwide thing until I saw the advert. But what's being done? People are being encouraged to go and shop small. So nothing's being done. It's just like it's just like um, record store day. You go and buy records. Saying, go and support your local businesses. Doctor Watts is on the line. Good morning, Doctor Watts. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you. What That's are you a doctor? Good. What are you a doctor of? Ah, oh, electronics, man. Love electronics. <laughs> you can't be a doctor of electronics. I know. I made it up. But look, listen. I just want to. It's a quick call. Come at work. All right. Oh yeah, sneaky work call. Uh, uh, a certain amplification company that does guitar amps. Yeah. Uh, I've got to say, Derek, what an idiot. Idiot! This is the best programme in the whole <laughs> world ever. Do you work at Marshall? I can't say that, but maybe. Could you get us, Could you get me some Marshalls? No, I can't. Well, then what are you doing on here, Dr Watts? Look, I'm calling up to flip it and tell you how great you are. What more do you want? <laughs> I want a free amplifier! Oh... I might be able to cobble you something up, but it'll look like, I don't know, a bit of wood thrown together. Who do knows? You, what do you, do you actually make, um... What, no, the, I, what I, does that? Oh, yeah, I repair them. I, I look after the amps for okay, people. OK, you've got a young voice. You sound like 27. No, man, I'm the same age as you. I just got a cold. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Dr Watts. Thank you, bye. Call, call again. Sneaky work calls. We like sneaky work calls. We like sneaky work calls, Matt. You make me sick. Scott, sorry? You make me sick. You keep playing these records and you never tell us the name. This Lost Island, who sang it? I don't know who sang it. You see, this is what I'm saying to you. You're nowhere near Wogan or any of the other DJs. You uh, don't know what you're talking about half it's, the time. Uh, Teddy Wogan here and uh, we've got uh, Alan Dedicott, the voice of the balls. Yeah. And his Martin Luton. Matt, we know you? who the balls are. Yeah, I'll give you balls in a minute. <laughs> yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you, Matt, eh? <laughs> Yeah, you'd like a bit of that. Yeah, you like a bit of Elton John. Yeah, hey, steady know, on, steady know. on. Matt, now listen, who's cooking yeah. the Christmas turkey this year at yours? Well, I am, yeah. Oh, blimey. 
Yeah, is I'm a very good cook, Ian. Is that... <laughs> I love you, Matt, because you're so full of it. I love cooking, Ian. Love There's a difference between loving cooking and being good at it. I suggest, yeah, you probably do love cooking. Those those microwave meals can be so tasty these days. Uh, yeah. But I, I bet you couldn't cook a proper turkey, mate. I'd cook anything, mate. You yeah, can you cook, can you cook this? I'll cook you whatever you want. Perfect. Yeah? As long as, can, can, as long as it's in a microwave thing. You know you've got to pierce the bags on those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, you carry on taking the how's your what's the name exactly I will do Matthew well, I'd, I'd love to get you on a cooking program and I'll show you how to cook uh, excuse me I was on I was on Ready Steady Cook once yeah well that's another lot of crap yeah and guess and, and guess what yes I won it Oh, yeah, but... Oh, oh, you want to get me on a cooking programme? Well, I've been on a cooking programme, Matt, and guess what? I won it, Matt, in your face. Did you go on Come Dine as well? I went on Come Dine with me. I lost that one, Catherine. What did you mention that for? So you're making hummus. I made my own hummus. Can you cook liver and bacon? Why would I want to cook liver and bacon? Proper liver and bacon. Maybe. In ten minutes. Well, no, I'm, I'm still be doing the Hang show on. in ten minutes, mate. That sounds like a speed challenge. Speed challenge. I can tell you, mate. I can cook anything. I'm sorry, but Matt, I, could you I cook will... this? I love cooking, Ian. Yeah, you love it. Doesn't mean you're good at it, Matt. I'm bloody brilliant at it. That's Ian. what you. Well, I tell you what. Cook something, yeah. and then eat it, and then tell me if it's any good or not. Because I'm not going to eat the food that you cook. Because <laughs> I bet it's disgusting. <laughs> Hang on, he used to be a butcher. He knows his meats. Yeah, yeah. but butchers don't. Butchers are not cooks. They're butchers. They can All cut meat. Butchers can cook. They no, can they give can't. You a serving suggestion. You ask them yeah. how you could cook that. They'll tell you. How could you yeah. cook that? What? Stop swearing, Ian. What I'm showing you. She's swearing again. Yes. Yeah, Thanks. Doing thank you very much, Matt. Fingers. Thank you very much, Matt. Let's go to Andy. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say, boss? I was just going back to the trains uh, point that you made earlier on. Oh yeah. I've been up to London twice in the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. And uh, on both occasions, coming back at about uh, half past nine at night, both times the train back to Luton's been cancelled. Oh. And on the last occasion, the, the next train was late as well, so everybody was waiting for 45 minutes. It's unacceptable, Ian. Well, what, 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 what needs to be done then, Andy? More trains and more money. The thing is, it'll cost you more money. Well, the thing is, I mean, this new company coming in, they're not as good as, as First Capital Connect. Well, the thing is, the thing is, First Capital Connect were rubbish, weren't they? I know they were, so we're even worse now. Well, the thing is, the fella said earlier that yeah. by the new year, the new year, you're yeah. going to start seeing um, actual improvements on that service. Well, let's hope we do, because um, it's not acceptable at the moment. I t- I, right, the thing is, Andy, I tell you what, can you give us a call in February? Yes. And we can have a we can chat to see whether there have been any well, improvements. Uh, of course, yeah. Yeah, of course, Ian. Yeah. All right, Andy. Yeah. Listen, nice one, mate. Thank you for your call. Thanks for raising the point. It's, abs- it's, it's literally my pleasure. Literally my pleasure. He was a nice lad, wasn't he? We'll speak to him in February. I can't wait for February. I get to say February again. I know. I'm so excited Hasn't for that it. year gone quickly? Yeah, it really has. Good times. Christmas cracker. Great vibes. Four million Pounds inside. D- 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 forget thimbles and plastic combs. This four million cracker, four million pound cracker set contains what are described as the ultimate in gifts. Uh. In fact, the gifts are so ostentatious they could trigger a little Christmas dinner jealousy. One of the set of crackers will contain an eighteen thousand pounds di- d- d- diamonds le- leisures 
Cartier necklace. That sounds nice. Made of white gold and set with 20 diamonds. To find your cracker contains a car key may seem, seem dull in comparison, but it will fit a £190,000 Austin Martin Vanquish Coupe. That sounds nice. Another key fob represents the most expensive gift. You can see where the four million quid's gone. A £3.7 million Sunseeker Predator 84-foot yacht that sleeps eight. When am I going to sail that? Another one contains one of those plastic fishes that tells you you're a flirt. That's what we fight over. There we go. The plastic fish fortune teller. And that's based on real science. I'm always fickle. Fickle, that was it. And no one knew what fickle meant. (laughs) Just meant it flipped over. Curves at both both ends. Did you just do the plastic fish? Mm -hmm. Well, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound is still closed between Junction 6 for North Watford and 6A for the M25, causing queues still from Junction 5 for Watford. There was some trapped traffic between Junction 6 and the accident site that has been released and the fire and ambulance service have now left while the recovery work begins, but it's still very slow there and also very busy on the A405 North Orbital route, which is the diversion route as a result of that. It's also looking very busy on the speed sensors on the A41 northbound in Watford. It's very slow between the M25 at the Hunting Bridge roundabout and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. In Chisel Green on the North Orbital Road it's looking quite heavy at the moment around the Shell roundabout and in Bedford on the Bedford Southern Bypass that's looking very heavy between the Marshallese roundabout and the A6. No major delays reported at the moment on the trains but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey and that's for engineering works until the end of December. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, 8.46, it's Friday the 5th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Luton shop owner has described as mayhem the scenes after a man was shot outside his store yesterday evening. The new operators of the Thameslink line from Bedford into London have apologised after commuters complained the service has got even worse under Govia, who took over from First Capital Connect in September. And a report out this morning claims that Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire are among the worst counties in the country for dangerous unlit roads. Coming up, we'll speak to Dealey about Bond, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's another grey start to the day. It then brightens up for a short period ahead of a band of rain that's pushing south-eastwards. Now, by the time that gets to us, it's pretty much a lot of cloud and drizzle. On higher ground, you may just see the odd snowflake. Once that passes, though, for many of us, it will be a bright end to the day with temperatures reaching 6 degrees Celsius. Tonight, a fairly clear and dry night with lows of minus 2 degrees. And tomorrow, a very decent, crisp, sunny winter's day, looking like it will stay dry, not really clouding over until we get to uh, near sunset. Temperatures reaching about 6 degrees Celsius. A bit of a drizzly day on Sunday, but much drier on Monday, but wet and windy on Tuesday. That's your latest forecast.
every weekday from three. Is the best thing just to run away to a hotel somewhere? A little bit of fun. I've got a feeling that this argument unfolds in every house. The latest news. New regulations allowing parents to share the care of their child in the first year after birth come into force today. Personal Genome Service claims to offer access to more than 100 pieces of genetic information about your health. A little bit of everything. Because if you haven't got baby Jesus in nativity, then it's not a nativity, is it? Let me bring you up to speed with some local news. Good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. What's your comment? We'll talk films and science fiction. Fascination with science fiction films. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin Dealey. <laughs> it's Dealey. Yeah. Justin Dealey. How you doing? He's got a car and a fake tan, <laughs> making love to ladies. Okay, mate, you're doing the Muppets now. Come on, for goodness sake. How can you not like... And I don't like Sean Connery. Oh, yeah, Sean Connery's the best. No, he's not. His films are boring. Yeah. His films are boring and it's dated and he looks rubbish and he's a really bad actor. No, he was hairy and sexy. He wasn't. (sighs) (sighs) Really, does Sean Connery... um, Yeah, then, not now. It was all about Roger Moore. I'm Roger Moore. No, no, no. And I'm going to shoot you. Too slick. Going to shoot you, Scaramanga. Can I just say, mate, I don't think you can have an opinion about any man being sexy or not if you wear pyjamas in bed. Wasn't hashtag wearing, just say. Wasn't wearing, uh, hashtag wasn't wearing pyjamas last night. Hashtag uh, Long John's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Aww. Willy Winky. Sexy guy. Sorry? Willy Winky. I don't know, Willy. <laughs> did you, though? Uh, yes, I did. I had my wee Willy Winky out. On. Out of the draw, on the head. Justin. Yeah. Well, you're keeping quiet. That's unusual. Mm. Uh, you've took, you've taken uh, Bond to the streets. <laughs> yes, I have. Mm. Uh, the 24th uh, Bond film coming out. Some people very excited. Uh, the pictures are in the papers this morning of this new Bond car. Wow. It's got a special hood on this car. Uh, now, <laughs> I've taken this to the streets, asking people... Yeah, that, whether... pi- that picture had been doctored. Well, <laughs> those annotations were in, an inaccurate. Yes. I want that car. Um, so I've taken it to the streets. You asked me to ask people bothered by Bond. Now, what I've done, I've put a bit of a twist on this for you. All right, you've I've, disobeyed orders. OK, no, interesting. No, no, interesting, I, I, I've Mr gone, Bond. I've gone local, vocal, I've gone European, and I've gone worldwide. Oh. So we're taking this one Very interesting, right Mr Bond. Around the world. Unfortunately, so. you will not be around to see it, because in exactly five minutes, this whole building will be exploded. By that time, I will be on my private helicopter heading towards my top-secret island where I will take over the world. And with that, Mr Bond, I bid you goodbye. Wow. Just shoot him. Shoot him in the head. That's all you've got to do. Just shoot him and he'll be dead. Don't strap him to a laser that's going to slowly cut him up the ghoulies. (laughs) Shoot him. (laughs) Too bad, Um, Mr Bond. I'm going to execute you. And keep an eye on that woman. Yeah. So I'll take him to the streets. Oh, sorry, Josh. I forgot you were there. Asking people. (laughs) Bothered by Bond. Here's what happened. Taking it to the streets with J-Dog. Leo, you're from the Philippines. Yeah. Are you bothered by Bond? Yes, sir. Why? Um, James Bond is very fantastic and it's a nice movie. So who's your favourite Bond of all time, then? Uh, uh, Bruce Persnan. Bruce Persnan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good Bond, smooth. Uh, Daniel Craig, does, it, does he still work for you? Is he still a good James Bond? 
Yeah, he's, he's good also. He's good also. But I like Bruce Personan. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Here's the view now from Pakistan. Sir, are you bothered with Bond? Sorry? Are you bothered about Bond, James Bond? No, what happened to him? What, what? I'm not bothered about him. Why, why is he? He used to be a footballer, yeah? Let's now get the view from Scotland. Madam, James Bond, are you bothered by James Bond? I'm not bothered by Bond. No, 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 there was only one James Bond. Sean Connery, wasn't there? What about Daniel Craig, though? Come no, on, he's no, got it, hasn't no, he? No, 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 no. Here's something now from Austria. Sir, what's your name? My name is George. George, a very good morning to you. George, are you bothered with Bond? Are you a James Bond fan? Are you excited about the new movie? I'm not really a fan, but I know, of course, about the movies, and I'm excited that our Austrian superstar, Christoph Waltz, will be the villain in the new James yeah. Bond movie. Yeah, Fantastic. So excited for your own country. Yeah, of course I You're am. definitely going to go and watch it. Yeah, of course. And Daniel Craig? Do you think he's he's a proper James Bond? Is he the real McCoy for you? Uh, he's a proper James Bond. He's better than uh, the one before, but he'll never reach up to Sean Connery, I think. And finally, England. Are you bothered by Bond? Bothered by Bond? Yeah, James Bond, the new film. Bothered by... He, uh, he, not, no, not really. Oh. No. Not OK, thanks for your time. Cheers. Okay. Uh, uh, Bruce uh, Brosnan, Brosnan is my favourite Bond <laughs> as well. Bruce Brosnan. Bruce Brosnan. Yeah, very good. It was very, very good. Yeah. Um, how, do, how can... Right, James, James Bond. How can someone not know who James Bond is? Well, he thought he was a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there may be a James Bond out there who plays football. I know there's a James Bond who lives in Boreham Wood, but uh, certainly James Bond, the footballer, not come across him. There was someone who uh, uh, tweeted something very amusing yesterday. All these people that think that James Bond is the best spy in the world forget that he's followed around by a film crew and uses his real name. That's really true. That's a really true fact. Man, listen, honestly, live and let die, you'd love it. You okay. would love it. And I, 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 you would love it. It's, it's... Yeah, but I'm worried at the same time. What about? C- can I open up here? Go on. If I watch a Bond film yeah. for the very first time, yeah. there's now going to be 24 of them. Yeah. So that then means that I could get a bit like Alan Partridge and get so yeah. obsessed that my life then is sitting down watching Bond films. I don't want to take that no. risk. I, I will tell you the, the, the ones to avoid. Sean Connery. <laughs> and no, I, he's good. And I will tell you the ones to watch. A few of the Roger Moore ones and Goldeneye. OK. And that's, and that's it. I like that voodoo one. Is that Living the Live and Let Die! Grace Jones is in that. Terrifying. No, she's not, mate. Grace Jones is in A View to a Kill with Christopher Walken. That was supposed to be the first Timothy Dalton Bond movie, but he wasn't ready for it, so Roger Moore did it. He looks a bit too old. It's not a very good film. Who was in the voodoo one, then? That was uh, Yafat Moto. Oh, he was terrifying. And Jane Seymour as the beautiful temptress. What done? Read the tarot cards. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's, honestly, man, you'd love it. Just to say, I was hanging out with Grace earlier this year. Oh, for goodness sake. Thank, thank you, Justin. Cheers. Bye bye. <clears throat> yeah, it's good living. That's the voodoo one. It's all voodoo. It's and uh, he, he uh, seduces her into bed. You wouldn't be able to do this now. You would actually get done in court for it. Um, she believes the, um, the tarot cards. So he reads her tarot and it comes up the lovers. Yeah, so they make fair love. enough. And then he drops the cards on the floor. They're all the lovers. <gasps> he literally stacked the deck so he could stack her deck. Oh. That's that's what you couldn't do that now. That that would be you know, that would be, you'd be up in court for that. They'd be texting Bongo to find out whether they should. What? <laughs> What's Bongo? It's amazing what Bongo knows. I watch uh, this programme called Geordie Shaw, and every time there's an ad break, they advertise this app called it's Bongo. So you can um, uh, find out whether or not you should make major life decisions by texting Bongo. She'd text Bongo. You know that we have, as a nation, have spent, I think, and the figures aren't here, 
It's something like 16,000 years as a world nation. 16,000 years. Texting Bongo. No, 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 no. Watching um, Gangnam Style. Isn't that insane? I think I, I'm, that shows we've not come on at all as a people. Sixteenth, I've never seen Gangnam Style. The only reason I'm aware of it is is at the end of a film. Is it Peabody and Sherman? It's at the end of a film. So my boys go around, but they don't know the worst. They go around going, Gangnam Style. Move what? like a jazzo, my little daughter used to call it. Gangnam Style. Um, but you know, it says, "Hey, sexy lady." Um, my friends didn't really like her daughter singing that, yeah. so she told her it was "Hey, sixty <laughs> Well, gosh, okay, that's something. <laughs> that's something, isn't it? Hey, my boys do. Mm. I played Jimmy um, playing Frozen. Yeah, impressed. Jimmy playing Frozen the other day, Kels. Yeah, I did. I was really I was but good, wasn't it? He's played yeah. the piano by himself. You I'm was good, wasn't it? I'm yes. like a, a three-year-old Chinese lad. I can play the piano just like that by ear. No, I use my fingers. <laughs> Use your finger like everybody else. If we're in Wales, we could do a different joke. Oh, yeah, go on. If I said bye, he said no over there. Bye, yeah. Not really a joke. More just like a, a, a racial There's slur. There's someone Welsh listening who's laughing. Yeah, but because they're, socks because off. they're laughing their socks off because they're nuts, the Welsh. What? The Welsh are nuts. Have you ever met a Welsh person? I've met, I lived with one. I haven't. I've seen, a, I've seen them in books and things, and they are absolutely <laughs> bonkers. I've got lots of Welsh family. I'm so sorry to hear that. They are bonkers. Aren't they, though? Yeah, I love them. They don't conform to society's uh, norms. And they when... don't lock their doors at night because nobody gets burgled ever. They don't. They don't do that stuff. And when you're dealing with Nobody's people as when there, you're yeah. dealing with people as random as that, you are you, you just can't you just can't work with it. But they do play the piano by ear. Uh, no, they probably use their fingers as well. Or by month. Hey? You said year. Oh. Mm. Podcast today, bit of a short one probably. No, it's actually all right. We'll make it up in the links. Okay, yeah. And then I'm going to go off, have a little uh, nap. What for gap? 20-minute nap? Daly's bringing in some food. Well, he says that. Yes. Well, you better bring it in quick. Yeah, yes. I'm out of this place. I'm going to go and listen. I'm going to drive up the M1 and listen to a decent radio station. Which way are you going? I'm not saying. Up. Driving up. Uh, you're going south, are you? No, north. Oh, north. South is down. Um, there's been some trouble on the northbound. You might want to be careful. Oh, really? You have to pay attention to this next travel. If only I'd been listening to Samantha Bruff throughout the show. So right, she's coming up next. Well, let's find out what's going on, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound is closed between Junction 6 for North Watford and 6A for the M25. That's causing queues at the moment from Junction 5 at Watford, although it is starting to be recovered now. In Watford as well, the A41 northbound is very slow as a result of that between the Hunton Bridge roundabout and the M25 Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Having a look at the M25 clockwise, there's reports of an accident and a fuel spillage between Junction 16 for the M40 and 17 for Maple Cross. And on the having a look in Aylesbury on Bicester Road, it's queuing between Dick way at the Cottonwheel Roundabout and Bister Road. Elsewhere in Bedford on the Bedford Southern Bypass it's looking very busy there on the speed sensors between the Branston Way at the Marshleys Roundabout and the A6 and on the trains no reports of any major problems but London Midland services have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey and that's for engineering works. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha. Yes there will be a new podcast up today. 
We'll record some bits and pieces for it now. Hey, we're nearly up to 300,000 downloads of the podcast. Isn't that nuts? Right, that's it. That's your lot. JVS is up next. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Is the Scottish drink driving law common sense or an overreaction? Scotland has lowered the drink drive limit to just under a pint of beer or one small glass of wine. The law changed at midnight last night, but for weeks an awareness campaign has urged Scottish people that when it comes to drinking before driving, the best advice is none. Road safety charity Brake say that England has the highest drink driving